Hello and welcome to episode 117 of the Round Nintendo Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Angel. I'm Elvis. And this episode is called In a Jam, as later in the show we'll be sharing impressions of Mario and Luigi Paper Jam, and in a moment of pure creativity... We... <laughs> sharing in a, pr- a impression. <laughs> You're right, let's backpedal. In this episode of the show, we are <laughs> sharing... We are having Elvis share his full I beat the game and he I is in him impression. What am I saying? Yeah, Elvis is sharing impressions of Martin Luigi Paper Jam later in the show is the point. So was we called it in a jam. Why, why didn't you get the game? I don't know. And we're going to see if he can sell me on it. Would you invest 30 plus hours? I don't know. We're going to see if he can sell me on it. <laughs> but we're talking about that this episode. We also are uh, kind of riffing on the in a jam name because Nintendo's financials came out. And while not great and not horrible, it becomes apparent that Nintendo's kind of in a jam in the sense of nothing's really going to change to the NX, so how can they write out what's here now? And on top of all that, we also have impressions of uh, the new DLC characters for Smash Bros., uh, our thoughts on Detective Pikachu, our thoughts on NX rumors, including Smash Bros. at launch, potentially, um, plus a whole bunch of other stuff. So use the timestamps for Nintendo.com if you haven't already for, um, done that in the past to jump around. Or stick with us for the whole thing, because we're also talking about Matomo. We're also talking about my Nintendo. It's it's a lot. So we might as well jump in with the big one from these last couple weeks, which is Nintendo's financials. Um, and more importantly, what that means this about what they're... Corner? Sort of, but not exactly. Because uh, it's, it's, their, <clears throat> it's their financials, but what's significant about those is Nintendo says, oh yeah, 3DS is down, which it is. And then they say, here's our plan to fix that. And we kind of get a sense of what they're 3DS doing. Is this down? Year. You'll see in a moment. But it shouldn't be surprising, though, because given like given how weak their holiday lineup was this, this you know past couple months, I, you shouldn't be surprised that oh, their it. sales is, are down. Because like, the, the financial they released are for October through December, the holiday season, basically. It's their third quarter, even though it's really the fourth quarter of the calendar year. It's confusing. So you're saying like all, so I'm just gonna call all it holiday special quarter. editions that they've been releasing haven't done anything? Didn't do anything. Uh, all their sales were down. Like They turned a profit. To be clear, they did turn a profit of $241 million. But that is 36% less of a profit than they turned holiday season of 2014 where they had Smash Bros. for both Wii U and 3DS. And they had Pokemon Auras and they had Mario Kart 8 and all that. Well, there's your problem. Yeah, it's hard to top that major lineup in 2014 with nothing like that in 2015. So well, the whole, like, everyone who has a Wii U now owns Splatoon, but it doesn't matter because nobody owns a Wii U? Well, that's interesting because Splatoon... In the context, well, we'll get to Wii U in a few minutes, but in the context of Splatoon, in the context of the Wii U base, Splatoon's actually doing super well. And like, if you extrapolate it and be like, "Oh wow, this this percentage of Wii U owners owns Splatoon," it's like an insane. Like, if you were just blow that up to like the PS4 user base and just say, "Okay, let's say it's a third. So let's say a third of all Wii U owners own Splatoon. Imagine if there were 36 million Wii U sold." It doesn't really work like this, but in theory, if you extrapolate, that's a huge attach rate for a game. Like, Mario Kart 8 has a 57% attach rate. That means just shy of two-thirds of all Wii U owners own Mario Kart. There is no game on PS4 or Xbox, or, uh, Xbox One, I think, that has anywhere near that attach rate. That's crazy. Like Call of Duty or something. Even then, I don't think it's that high. Because other people will play Battlefield, or other people will have a Call of Duty from a year ago. There's nothing like, quite like Mario reaching Kart. Reaching that amazing feat is more doable because there are less numbers. That is true. That is true. So that does skew it a little. But the fact that it's selling that well to such a small base. No, is still, what else are they going to get? That's true. But but we'll get to that <laughs> first. Well, I mean, it's still a big deal because, like, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze did not sell anywhere near that. Uh, Smash Bros. is only 600,000 more copies than Splatoon life to date. That's crazy. Like, good point. Good point. Yeah. 
Yeah, they, they, that's exactly. But we'll, we'll get to that. First 3DS, because that's the real bummer. <clears throat> that's what really dragged Nintendo down with this 36% drop. Um, its sales came in at $3.6 million for this holiday quarter, which is down 28% from the $5 million it sold during the holidays of 2014, uh, that three-month period. So software dropped as well, going from 29 million copies off the power of things like Smash and Pokemon during last holiday season to 19 million this holiday season through the power of not Smash and not Pokemon. Basically, they had nothing of that caliber. So the question kind of becomes... Uh, Why did Yokai Watch not do anything? Well, Yokai Watch is a weird one. It bombed in the U.S. essentially. Like it didn't do horrible. I know last episode, like it sold one hundred ninety thousand. That's respectable. But, but in Japan, Pokemon, in Japan, it was a new Pokemon. And I think the issue is, I was thinking about this, and I think the, Jesus, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think the <laughs> the Jesus of Nintendo, uh, the Jesus of Monster Battlers. I think the issue is that you can't make lightning strike twice. Like Pokemon had the combination of the right things at the right time in the right place. It had a train card element. It had the anime element. It had the game element. All when those things took off on their own simultaneously and kind of fed into each other. Yokai Watch has a game, has a TV show that doesn't have nearly the same audience potential because it's on Disney XD. It has toys, but those toys are meaningless unless you watch the show, which doesn't have as much viewers, or the game, which doesn't have as many sales. And there's no card game as like this third entry point. So yeah. I think that's what's going on. Because in Japan, it's huge. It's the biggest domestic film of all opening of all time in, in Japan. Over here... It's like whatever. They don't have a card game because they do have that giant clunky watch. Yeah, yeah. Now, see, that's what's interesting is Hasbro only started releasing toys this year in 26, like in mass. They did a little, but the real rollout for the toys is now. So now could be the trading card game moment equivalent if the giant watch takes off, but mm-hmm. but who knows. But I should say, going back uh, outside of Yokai to 3DS sales in general, um, it's interesting because Nintendo literally in their investor meeting with uh, their president, Tatsumi, Kimishima, who we're going to be referencing a lot this episode, he uh, just, he specifically was like, yeah, we didn't have Smash, we didn't have Pokemon, so what do you expect? That's basically what he said. But that's not saying that things didn't do well. Like, for example, Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer has sold just shy of 3 million copies worldwide, which is a lot more than I was thought for a game where you're just doing interior decorating, to dumb it down a little. And even Zelda Triforce Heroes, which got kind of a lukewarm reception. Even when we talked about it on the show, my big complaint was like, doesn't all... You need the right conditions. Even that managed to sell 1.08 million copies. So it's not like it's not... It's not like there aren't things selling. What, for... Well, I mean, Nintendo's expectations is not like... They didn't say, but I think a million sellers is not something they're going to be like, well, that bombed. Mm. Like, a couple hundred thousand for something like Zelda might be disappointing, but a million is not bad. It certainly outperformed Four Swords Adventures, which sold like 300,000, period, ever. So in terms of multiplayer, Zelda's is doing pretty well. And in Japan, what's interesting is the 3DS actually was carried pretty strongly by Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter Cross, uh, and a more youth-oriented monster—excuse me—monster game called uh, Monster Strike by another third party. The two of those kind of kept things afloat for 3DS. And in Europe, they relied very heavily on those Evergreen titles. Those, as you may recall, those games in the past from like the past that Nintendo just keeps selling and repackaging and repromoting. So, for example, Mario Party Island Tour. Remember when that came out mm-hmm. on 3DS like two years ago? Its right. sales... Oh, it. Yeah, that's true. Its sales more than doubled once they put it in the Nintendo Select budget line in Europe. Oh. Like, it did okay, and then it kind of dropped off. And they're like, mm-hmm. hey, now it's cheaper. And it, like, made back that and then some. Uh, and Nintendogs and Cats is another one that's getting a huge sales boost. In fact, in case of Nintendogs and Cats, 
it also saw its sales more than double and has now sold over 4 million copies worldwide after kind of wow. floundering the first That's year. That's a launch game. Yeah. So those sorts of things are what's keeping the 3S afloat. Here in the U.S., we didn't really have anything, but between Japan getting the monster games and Europe having the budget line actually do quite well, 3DS didn't, like, fall off a cliff entirely. And in case you're wondering, I don't know if you are, best-selling 3DS game of all time, what do you think it would be? Refit. No, <laughs> <laughs> still refit. Refit Portable. No, it was uh, Pokemon X and Y. Not Auras. Oh, X yeah. and Y together sold 14.46 million copies. Now, you could say, well, that's because there's two of them. So I also looked up the second best. And if you're, uh, po- uh, sorry, Mario Kart 7 as a single cartridge release is the single biggest single <clears throat> release at 13 million copies. Hey, what was that one? Mario Kart 7. It's the single uh, where biggest. The gliders got introduced and the underwater. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of people modding that one. And, yeah, they're adding all sorts of stages from other Mario Kart. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. No. The Yoshi, the circle one, Yoshi Falls, I think it's called. Yeah, and they added Peach Garden. Clock. Peach Garden. Peach Garden. Just to keep repeating it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, to be clear, I don't think... Like, I don't think the 3DS is a failure. Like, I'm making it sound like, oh, well, in America, the 3DS are just, de- like, down arrival. Because, I mean, they've sold 54 million of these things worldwide. It's not going to, like, just die. And it has quite an awesome lineup of games. I think we're all on the same page. Like, it's a fun system, and it's selling well enough. But, like... I mean, the, I mean hasn't it already... How long is the handheld cycle? Is it usually the same depend- length of the Nintendo cycle? does it weird. Uh, yeah, it's similar. Like, the it went... It's weird because they overlap themselves. Well, there was the PSP to the Vita. But you're like, that's a cat. It didn't sell. But uh, no, Nintendo's weird because they overlap themselves. Because the GBA, for example, came out in 2001. And then the DS came out in 2004. But, well, actually, let me phrase. It went GBA in 2001, the SP in 2003, the DS in 2004, the Micro in 2005, the DS, the um, DS Lite in 2006, the DSi in 2009, the 3DS in 2011, and then since 2011, they've released a new DS every year, a new 3DS every year. So it's the XL in 2012, the... I guess what I'm... I guess guess the only one that would even count are the ones when The generational ones. Yeah, I guess whenever the cartridge changed, so like GBA to DS So three years. So it's three years from GBA to DS, but they consider DS and GBA companion, or separate... Tandem in tandem parallel devices. Fine, so DS DS to 3DS was 2004 to 2011. Hmm. So that's a pretty long time. But DS also was an insanely popular system. 150 yes, some odd oh, million yeah, of them. So many so, of yeah, it's like the it's yeah exactly. So it's not a fair comparison. But I think even with it, but I think the difference is yeah that's true. But I think the difference is from 2004 to 2011. The DS was firing on all cylinders the entire time, but the 3DS... Firing it's, all cylinders. Yeah, that's the expression. But the 3DS <laughs> has been four years, and it's already kind of dropping off. Because, like, even in a year where we got the new 3DS here in the West, and even in a year when the 2DS price was dropped under 100 so it's almost like impulse buy territory, even in those cases, the 3DS couldn't fix itself from... it. Like, Nintendo couldn't save the 3DS's decline. It continued declining. It just declined slower because they had these things boosting it. And this is why, like, every time we do those MPD numbers and other episodes, I'm always like, oh, hey, they didn't say what the 3DS is. It must be doing bad. And sure enough, here we go. It is. So they do plan to kind of keep it afloat until the NX rolls around. And they plan to do it with a strategy we've heard before, which is women. In part, it's women. So, for example, it's already been working because in Japan, uh, they sold 700,000 copies of the new Rhythm Heaven for 3DS. 
which I'm sure is up your alley, Angel. And uh, Mom, could you release it here already? I don't know. But what's interesting is half the people that have played the game in Japan of those 700,000 are women uh, who are playing Rhythm Heaven for the first time. So they're they're attracting them using, I'm not making this up, a 3DS website geared towards women, mall tours, shopping guides, like all sorts mm. of like overly stereotypical, like, oh, women love this. And it's kind of working because uh, Rhythm Heaven's doing well. Happy Home Designer's obviously a little more female friendly. Super Princess Peach 2? Uh, only if they take out the mood swings. Well, or yeah. else it's just sexist. Um, but no, Happy Home Designer's actually an interesting Bring one. because Yeah, yeah. But uh, Happy Home Designer's interesting because it's sold, like I said earlier, uh, just shy of 3 million copies, half of which are in Japan. Now, to put that in a little perspective, half of the population that Nintendo has access to is not in Japan. Japan's a minority of the population they sell to. But yeah, it's sold half of its copies in Japan. Mm-hmm. So clearly something with the female orientation stuff is working. And also third-party games like that Disney Magic Castle series is doing well in Japan. And Nintendo's own uh, Style Savvy 3 is doing well in Japan. So it's working. And Marvel so, Academy is doing well. I assume. Marvel Academy? Marvel Academy. Yeah, it's like the, the superheroes deal with like teenager stuff while still doing... I don't know how that does in Japan, but... (laughs) (laughs) It's in general. No, no, no. No, but... Well, no, that that is true that... um, No, that's true that uh, females now make up half the game... Like, legitimately make up more more than half of the gaming population. So, yeah, stuff like that's happening here in the West, too, with, like, the Marvel Kami stuff and... I have not heard of this. What is this? Marvel Kami? It's an iPhone... iOS, Android game. Marvel superheroes? Yeah, it's, like, training them. Allison Brie... Of community is voicing Black Widow in the game, and Alexandra, Alexandra Daddario is. Ex- I forgot who she's voicing, but she's in it. I just know stuff she's in. But uh, yes, I mean the the female orientation stuff we talked about it before. That's why Mario Kart is so many female characters now. That's why Smash is so many female characters. It, the fact of the matter is, it is a gender neutral hobby now, which is great. So everyone's catering to it now. Great. It is great. <laughs> it is great. It, it a shares the stereotype of the guys in their basement playing video games alone, and b, well, no, also shares that stereotype but from the other side, where it's like if you're a girl gamer back in the nineties, they're like now what? But now it's like you could be playing fine. video games in her basement alone. Yeah, it could be a guy or a girl. We don't see gender, and it's okay. or color. It could be any race. I see gender and color. I don't. <laughs> I just see blobs everywhere. <laughs> just genderless, raceless. Blobs of humanity. And it only took us to 2016. <laughs> yep, yep. But uh, you know what's interesting? So they're doing this women... <laughs> no one's special. <laughs> no, no one is. But they're, do- they're doing this women thing, which they've done before. But the other prong of their 3DS strategy that Kim Machine was saying in the investor meeting, and this is actually... I thought this was weird because I've never heard Nintendo outright say this before. They want current 3DS owners, owners of the old 3DS and the old XL, namely the two of you, to double dip. They are specifically going to go after you guys and get you to buy again. Because their attitude seems to be at this point, well, we sold to 54 million people that like the 3DS and are into it. We're kind of getting some women. We're kind of getting some kids. But we saw Monster Hunter Cross got a lot of people to upgrade to the new 3DS to get the full features. So what if we use that mentality for more games? That's what I'm waiting for. Monster Hunter. Wait, no, 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 never mind. I was waiting for Monster Hunter Stories. That should also be coming this year in theory. I think it was announced for the West, right? I don't think it's announced yet. Oh, well. You heard it here first. Oh, yeah. No, it definitely has. Yeah, it's it's, it's coming. They announced it the same... Whenever that trailer came out on IGN, that's the day that they announced it for the U.S. So there you go. What would you upgrade? See, that leads me... Oh, that's right. You did. I should be asking you. That's right. You have one. You don't. 
All right, let me ask you, Angel. What would it take you to get a new 3DS at this point? What can Nintendo do besides just go look at Monster Hunter to get you to get a new 3DS, if anything? Make Monster Hunter exclusive only to the new 3DS. See, that's what I'm thinking, too. Cause here, Otherwise, I have I feel like he no incentive. If he didn't get the Smash Bros. Yeah, if I, did, if, I, if I waited a little longer, I would have just gotten a new 3DS, but I didn't. Yeah, because I'm going to be honest. The whole... That's kind of what I figured you were going to say. is like they there's no real... You double dip. Uh, I got uh, day one, but I do that for everything. With the game. He just I just, I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm <laughs> there's a, black. there's a rubber nub on here. I'm in, but no, it's, um, I'm kind of skeptical that this is actually going to do anything. Like their whole plan is like, well, it worked with Monster Hunter. We saw younger fans buy a second one or like younger men specifically. Let's see if we can do it a second time. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Cause the, 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 the problem with the, no Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. Does look better on the new 3DS. It does. Yes. Better yes. textures. Like, they didn't. And that and see that's what bothers me about the new 3DS is everything it does. And this is I feel like it's been cast to wayside for the last year because everything the new 3DS does, it's like you could do it on your 3DS, or I guess if you want a little better experience, it's on the new 3DS. Like they only have two exclusives for the thing: Xenoblade Chronicles X, which is a port, and Binding hey, of Isaac, which I, is a port. Hyrule Warriors Extreme it's, it's essentially an exclusive. It should have just. It should have been exclusive, yeah. but that that's kind of my that's kind of what I'm getting at is that like Nintendo maybe they're being serious about changing stuff. Hyrule Warriors Legends is a good example. Oh, if there you're you go. not yeah, if you're not playing it on the new 3DS, you don't get 3D and the frame rates crap and there's no enemies. But if you play it on the new 3DS. You get all that stuff, so they might as well make it exclusive. You get a normal game. But instead, they're just like, well, it works on both, which is the problem with, if they're trying to get people a double dip, you can't keep telling people it works on both. Look at, like, everything they've done in the past year with the 3DS. No, but I mean, why (laughs) why advertise it that way? Like, Amiibo. function. But, like, Amiibo. Take the Amiibo thing. One of the biggest selling points you could have for the new 3DS is Amiibo. You scan it right on the game, on the touchscreen, and you're good to go. It's embedded. It's cool. So in the commercials, Nintendo, why don't you just show the new 3DS and promote it for the new 3DS? Instead, everywhere they mention Animal Crossing Amiibo cards, they have a picture of that little dongle. <laughs> like, you don't have to actively remind people they can spend $20 versus $200. I mean, I'm sounding like I'm a swarmy like, car salesman, that like a kind of a shady card sa- car salesman, or card salesman in this case. <laughs> but, um, no, but seriously, like, they didn't need to keep co-promoting... <laughs> a $20 piece of plastic you could use to scan versus a $200 system. They could just only show the $200 system and that would get some people to double dip. That, again, it's a little shady, but... Maybe they're just playing it safe. And they're like, let's sell them this $20 thing. Actually, I, I guess their attitude probably want to sell the game to as many people as possible, but if they're worried about hardware sales logging and they're now saying we need to get those boosted, you gotta focus in on the exclusive <laughs> stuff. You gotta, like, get people to want to spend $200 instead of 20 You gotta have Hyrule Warriors Legends be exclusive to new 3DS... Because, quite frankly, it doesn't run well on the old one, but just cast the old one aside. Like, if Kimish- if Kimish- what Kimishima is saying is true, that they're actually going to double down on this, I expect we'll see more games this year that do it. I mean, right now, the only reason you have to buy a new 3DS, besides little things like, oh, hey, it has, like, a circle pad built in, which you could also do with the regular 3DS. Better processing. Or, hey, yeah, but no, no one uses it, really, except Monster Hunter has some better textures. Hyrule Warriors run smoother. Detective Pikachu, which we'll talk about later in the show, runs smoother. To the point where it actually is a noticeable difference. So that might slowly convince people, but you gotta like really just go, okay, Detective Pikachu, new 3DS only, or something like that. Otherwise, there's no... Nothing know. for people to latch on to. I was also seeing a video that we were showing where even on the new 3DS... Detective yeah, that might be a bad still... example. That might be a bad issues. example. It might just not be well-optimized. But Hyrule Warrior Legends is a good example, I think. 
And they can't just... Because right now, all they're doing is cosmetics. Like, the Pokemon Red and Blue bundle in a couple weeks on Pokemon Day. It's like, hey, it's a normal 3DS, except it's a new one with face plates of red and blue. Mm-hmm. Like, it's only going to hook so many people. You need to, like, have a thing. Like, DSi. Many people consider DSi underutilized, but that thing had, like, the whole DSiWare shop. There are hundreds of games only on DSi. On 3DS, there are two. One of which... Only one of which is an eShop game. Now, that is are changing. Are uh, 3DSi games any good, though? There were some good ones. Yeah, all the um, art-style games from Nintendo were there. Um, they were like little puzzle games and stuff. It's kind of a lot of the pre, you know what it was? No, no, they were really fun. They actually got really good reviews. Like Kotaku, for example, loves the series like to death. Like they always would post multiple posts. You know what it was? It's, yeah, the website, the actual website enjoyed them. Not the people (laughs) that run it, just the server really ate them up. But, um, the art style and all that were precursors to everything Nintendo's done on the 3DS like with like oh like weird little games like Dome's Rolling Western or Sakurai Samurai Sakura Samurai or not Sakurai Samurai Sakura <laughs> Samurai or that sort of thing all those you can kind of trace back to them experimenting on DSiWare like a lot of them are like they were like okay this sort of thing works this sort of thing doesn't work and then they it's like the eShop on 3DS is like DSiWare 2.0 so if you like that sort of stuff you probably would like what's on DSiWare Maybe. They had their own exclusive. They had Photo Dojo. Remember that, where he took the photos and fought. Oh, it was fun for like five yeah. minutes, but still, they had <laughs> uh, they had a Mario vs. Donkey Kong game. They had the WarioWare Snapped, which was really experimental and weird and didn't quite work, but it was interesting. They had a lot. They actually had a lot. Now that I think about it, but but yeah, and but for new 3DS, which I honestly thought would be a bigger deal than DSi, they have one. <laughs> the good. It's not even them. It's Binding of Isaac. Yeah. The good news, though, is Unity, like, right around the time that Nintendo was talking about this new plan, announced that their engine, their game engine... (laughs) Hit the mic. Good job. You know, it's funny. For those who... Real quick, little aside. For those who are regular listeners, we are trying to improve audio quality. We are currently powwowing on the floor so there'll be no rallying table. I'm not kidding. And I'm, like... And he keeps hitting the microphone. We got a better table that doesn't wobble, but requires us to sit on the floor because it's, like, a a kid's table for, like, five-year-olds. But, (laughs) yes... Literally is. It is. I don't know why you own this. You do not have a five-year-old in your house. But... It's on perfect eating height. Well, you're sitting on a couch and having a lean-back experience, but we're having a very active lean-in to the microphone experience. But either way, <laughs> we're trying to minimize sound like sound issues. Like, I'm not in a squeaky chair for once, and then Angel's over here just, like, knocking things over and bashing into things and whatever. But uh, what I was going to say But is, enough about me. Let's talk enough, about, about you. I was going to say about Unity. Yeah. What I was going to say is that's that, I think, is going to be the real tipping point to maybe getting some real exclusives to new 3DS. Because Unity announced our, their engine's ready, it's good to go, and the name might not mean much to people, but they are the primary engine that powers Wii U eShop games. <laughs> this whole time I thought Unity was a game that was going to come Oh, out. no, no, no. It's going to convince a, people. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's an engine that powers yeah, it's a the one ton. With, the, with the black cube logo. That's a white U. Uh, no. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The one that ran Ant Simulator, but then it got turned down because his friends spent their money on booze and strippers. I guess that's not coming to new 3DS. <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, cool. I know, no, I, I heard about that. That's insane. That was yeah. a Kickstarter, right? And then they just yeah, blew through the money. And poor dude. Yeah, that's... His friends just betrayed him. Yeah, that's messed up. That's messed up. Kickstarter, I'm starting to realize, is quite the landmine for, like, indie games to actually succeed on. I mean, we're going to talk about it later, but I have quite a bone to pick about mine number nine. That's, that's another Kickstarter crazy disaster. Oh, yeah. But we'll get to that. But, um, that even, like, 
Someone small. No, that was like a major. Yeah. What's his name? Inafune. Inafune. Yeah, but either either way, uh, what I was gonna say about Unity is like a lot of the eShop games on Wii U are powered by it, so those could come over to 3DS now for those who haven't played them. And more to the point, Unity themselves have said they are working with multiple companies to bring over multiple games from multiple platforms to the new 3DS. So we're finally getting the exclusives. You and me, Elvis, we're gonna be an exclusive club of cool games that until Angel upgrades, he won't even know exist. Them. Actually, he should know they exist if Nintendo's smart because they need to market to him again to double dip. Yeah, I'm probably but, not going to upgrade. Yeah, right at this point, it makes no sense. Yeah, next is probably out soon. So. Yeah, yeah it could potentially be, of course. So, yeah, it's almost like this Unity thing and the whole new 3DS initiative is almost too little, too late. But at the same time, it's like barely than never. Like, it's a weird, it's like a double edged sword. It's like, on the one hand, I'm like, great, I have stuff to play. And the other hand, I'm like, but who else is going to buy it for four months of exclusives before NX or whatever? So, mm. we'll, we'll see. You're saying that they're going to kill off the 3DS if NX comes out? They claim they're not going to. They claim they're going to live in tandem, but they also said that about the Game Boy and the game. Well, actually, the Game Boy Advance lasted, a whole, lasted about another year after the DS came out with some really good games. Like, Drill Dozer came out after, so. Perhaps. Well, only Pokemon story. Emerald came out after. So, yeah, I guess perhaps they could carry it longer. But for me, but, as mean, a day one adopter. Isn't that comparison like, to, like, portable to, portable to new portable? And, and well, NX, NX is not really taking Well, we don't know. Apparently, a blown portable? It might be. There's a hybrid theory that we've talked about, which also is a Linkin Park album. <laughs> and there's, and there's, a, there's the uh, handheld and console theory, so, which is yeah, not a Linkin Park album. So hybrid theory, which, by the way, great album. So would you say the console um, is like a catalyst for the... Oh, look at these Linkin Park puns. Yeah, but in the end, it doesn't even matter. Like, we'll find out eventually what it is. No, but... um. It's crawling in my skin. That's trying sense. so hard. And it got so far, but it still didn't matter. <laughs> now I feel numb. Yeah, this is. I gotta break this habit of trying to keep this going. Oh, I'm I'm on fire right now. That one wasn't. Good. Burn it down. I'm burning it down right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I think I'm running out of names. Crawling sounds, in my skin. I already made a crawling. Or I didn't make a crawling joke. Either way, what I was gonna say is, um, there's two leading theories. There's the hybrid, and then there's the handheld and console that interact somehow. The latter, the handheld console one, is most likely what's actually happening. The hybrid is like a cool pipe dream. And rumor has it the handheld will be out this year and the console next year. And I just now hit the table, so. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's kind of the, the theory. But, but yeah, that's about it for 3DS. Like, Nintendo's just going to keep pushing it to women and trying to double dip and just <laughs> pump out more games. And that's, oh, you rascal. And that's, um, and that's, about, and that's about it. <laughs> but, but then there's the... Okay, laugh break. Uh, no, then there's the Wii U. And you know what's funny about the Wii I try to, like, pretend that conversation never happened. You know what's funny about the Wii U is for years on everyone, including us on this show, have uh-huh. worried about how the Wii U is, like, the problematic system for Nintendo. They want the poor sales, the one that's going to, like, cause Nintendo's downfall. Well, I mean, it has had, been doing that? Yes. <laughs> yes. It has. But if you stop and look at how it's performing compared to itself... But if we kill it off now, it won't. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but what I was going to say is like, yes, in the grand scheme of things, the thing's not doing all that great. But if you look at how it's holding compared to like a year ago, it's or two years ago, it's actually really stable. Like it has found a level that can maintain that is not horrible and is able to turn Nintendo a profit and ultimately... It might not be as big of a profit, but they are still making money off this thing, and it is a consistent deliverer of that amount of money. Because we're always like, oh, the Wii U's, like, it's, you know, doomsday, but not really. It's helping Nintendo make money. It's helping chi- chip into that $241 million they made over the holidays. So, 
it's doing something. And um, what's kind of interesting to me, at least, is in 2014, they had Mario Kart and Smash Bros. to propel it. Those were obviously going to help it sell really well. This year, they didn't, but sales didn't suffer. The Wii U only saw sales decline of hardware by 2.1%. So it went from 1.91 million last holiday, 2014, to 1.87 million. That's like, that's basically nothing. The system, like, it was completely flat without the biggest games Nintendo ever makes, ever made, like, it, in terms of franchise <clears> awareness. <throat> like, that's crazy. Yeah, Nintendo did a pretty good job of making it feel like Smash <laughs> Brothers, like, was still, like, where this really like, like, it still just came out. I don't know. Like, Same with holiday, yeah holiday commercial. They just felt like oh, like Smash was still like that's that evergreen like, effect. Yeah. That's like, the evergreen thing. Ago, what? Yeah, Nintendo realized somewhat smartly that um, they could keep milking Smash and they could keep milking Mario Kart because there's no there are so many people that don't own a Wii U or even a 3DS that they can just keep promoting them to them and someone's mm-hmm. gonna be like oh cool. So like in the case of. Um, Wii U, like, they were able... Like, Mario Kart sold 1.2 million copies this holiday season. Granted, a lot of those were bundled with hardware, but still. 1.2 million copies a year and a half after it came out. Some games would love to have that as, like, launch numbers. Like, their ultimate peak. And Mario Kart's doing that a year and a half later. Like, that's... That speaks volumes to Nintendo's whole evergreen thing. So because of that, and because of Splatoon, because of Mario Maker, we'll talk about in a sec... The idea that, like, you have this game that you could just keep selling over and over. Oh. So, it's evergreen basically means it's always green. It's always bringing you money. So, it's like you always are going to have a Mario game that does well. You're always going to have Mario Kart. You're always going to have Smash Bros. Um, if you look at the DS, remember how many years after it came out? After, like, Mar- New Super Mario Brothers came out that they kept promoting it and kept, like, repackaging it or re-advertising oh, yeah. it? Mm-hmm. It's that idea. That's why they could get away with leaving... Why they always left a lot of games at the full price even years after they came out. Yep. Like, remember, like, Brawl was, like, forty nine ninety nine for, like, years <clears> and, years. and then, when sales do start to go down, they go, oh, hey, budget price, and they put a Nintendo Select logo on it, and then suddenly it gets a big uptick. That's what I was saying about Mario Party a, few, a little bit ago with Island Tour on 3DS. Like, in Europe, its sales actually did better after the price cut and the reintroduction than prior, and they didn't put more money into it. They didn't mm-hmm. redevelop the game. They were just like, here's the code. Let's just throw it back out there and see what happens with new marketing. So that's the idea of Evergreen. It just kind of continually brings them money. So because of Mario Kart, because of all that stuff, Wii U has now sold over 12 million systems around the world since it launched, which compared to PS4's 36 million is abysmal. And, and compared to 19 million. Yeah, yes. Yeah, it's, it's almost as if you see my numbers written here. But yeah, compared to those, it's it's pretty bad. But I just know that. Oh, I'm sure you do. I mean, it's not like you were looking at my computer screen or anything. But what I was going to say is like... Man, I'm at a disadvantage here. You are. You're at the back of the computer. But what I was going to say is it's not like a complete and total failure. This is no Sega Saturn here. It already passed the Dreamcast, so you don't have to worry about that. But like the Wii U, it's not going to be a GameCube. It's not going to be a Sega Saturn. It's got to live somewhere in the middle. It seems like Nintendo's kind of accepted that a little. Hmm. So, um, what's actually really interesting to me is in Japan. So, worldwide. Did you know personal level? Huh? Well, I found, I found this interesting. <laughs> yes, yes. What interests me as Jason personally is so, worldwide, um, Wii U software didn't do quite as well this year because there's no cart and no smash. It sold. Um, 10.25 million versus 11.19 million a year ago. So it's like a million different. But what's interesting to me is in Japan, the double whammy of Splatoon and Super Mario Maker has sold better in 2015 than Smash and Mario Kart did in 2014. So a game where you just build stuff based on a popular series and a mm-hmm. game that's based on nothing, an entirely new property, 
have done better than two of Nintendo's biggest <clears throat> franchises in Japan. That's kind of crazy. It's, yeah. Actually, you know, we should talk about Splatoon specifically, because that's really impressive. Because Splatoon, which, again, is an unheard of new IP, right, has sold over four... We kind of touched on this at the top, but it's sold over four million copies to date since it came out in May, worldwide. That means, like we said earlier, a third of all Wii U owners now own Splatoon. Which is crazy because it's this game that, like, before it came out, people were like, is this even going to be popular? And it's like, oh, this is weird. Where's all the content? Yeah, that was definitely one of the concerns, like, having this, a strong community online. And, and it has quite the strong community. An issue. Yeah, because Kimishima was saying in the investor meeting that 690,000 people in Japan participated in the last Splatfest. So there's definitely a community there. Have they explored any other Splatfest as interesting as the uh, Decepticons or not, not that I'm aware. They have not done sponsored ones, no, or like advertorial yeah. ones, native advertising. No, they have not uh, yet. But they're gonna keep those going. I mean, the DLC is basically done. So, but you were telling, wait, Angel, you were telling me that um, it might not be done. The DLC. Yeah, they they had some. There well, was some tournament slash concert thing that they the had, and cried. Yeah, 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 one of the producers they like, got all emotional, and he was like, "Oh, you know what? It won't <laughs> let it die." <laughs> yeah, more I don't think it's coming. gonna die. Yeah, so he just said he just confirmed that more content was coming, and it kind of coincided with like hackers finding some like info in there yep. that kind of of the Squid Sister amiibo. Yeah, yeah. like like oh, Amiibo Idol A and Amiibo Idol B. Yeah, Callie and Marie respectively. And then I saw like another video where someone's all like, "Wait." If you go to Anchovy Studios, which is a stage in Splatoon, which is a game developer studio, mm-hmm. uh, like oh, you can see posters for every single mini game for the gamepad games, except there's one poster that doesn't go with any of the mini games. And, dun, dun, dun. and usually those games can only be unlocked with Amiibo, Dang, which the goes part of the marketing, which also yeah. goes with <laughs> the whole Squid Sister thing. So. Yeah, no, it all it all does make sense, and the, and the thing is like. Given how well this game is doing, I would be shocked if Nintendo just dropped it completely. Because I, mean, I think I said this earlier, but it's only 600,000 copies behind Smash Bros. in total sales. Smash Bros. is like Nintendo's biggest franchise. This is coming up fast. Splatoon, in fact. I don't know if this is... Okay, this is from a... I read this online. It's from another website. I don't know how true it is, but it sounds true. But Splatoon has sold more than any single entry in the Metroid series, the Fire Emblem series, the F-Zero series, or the Star Fox series. It is believable. Those are all like B tier, but still, those are like big Nintendo properties. Everyone's like, "Oh, Star Fox, that's Nintendo." Oh, and they didn't get any real representation in Smash Brothers. Which oh, Splatoon, yeah, no, but it's, it, you could argue it's too new. You could argue. I'm not saying you should. You could. Oh yeah, Corin. You could. Yeah, you true. could. I didn't say should. I said could. Can't get any newer than that. Yeah, I, I don't have. Which is Wooly World. But but yeah, the the point is Splatoon still. Freaking a lot of <laughs> so a like lot of games. Like Splatoon. I what? Know. I think I think you just didn't like Splatoon. What are you talking about? It was my game of the year on our podcast feed. Sakurai? Oh Sakurai didn't. I thought you said I didn't. I'm like, I love Splatoon. <laughs> yeah, Sakurai. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, uh Sakurai maybe just wasn't a big fan. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But imagine if like it's just imagine like what Nintendo could do with Splatoon now. Because I mean they had that crazy thing in Japan where the producer cried. Where, like, it's a giant tournament. <laughs> That's going to be known as. <laughs> yeah. No, what's really going to be known as is what I'm about to say. They had this crazy thing in Japan where they had the producer there, and you could go pose with real-life Splatoon weapons and compete in a tournament and watch a hologram a performance, yeah. Tupac at Coachella style, of the Squid Sisters. And actually, the whole thing. Yeah, it was... Or the Gorillas, yeah. It was very, like, like the fact that this game's nine months old and they already have giant fan fests for it is kind of crazy. And People just jumping g- with the green and purple glow sticks. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, it was a bit. Like, I don't get. I'm gonna be honest. And I'm, 
No, because they were there for a tournament, and that was during the halftime, basically. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So it's <laughs> their trip, and they're not doing well in the tournament. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'll be honest. Like, I, uh, there was an audience. That's true. Yeah, that's a weird thing to like. Let's go like do some ecstasy and go watch people play Splatoon. <laughs> I guess it is color. All the colors on the screen for, for the, the paint. For, it's twenty minutes long. You're spending like six that's hours. Twenty minutes of their day. <laughs> Only of their day, not of their life, <laughs> just of that day. But uh, yeah, it's what was I starting to say? Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I actually don't get or like hologram contests because I'd like to have my. Celebrities in the flesh. That's what I'm going to guess. That is exactly what I was thinking. But I guess I can understand why it's like a technical thing. Like it's it's no different than going to like a show with crazy like production values. But I do like having a real human there. But I'm not going to like judge people that go. I just personally can't make this so the connection in my you're head. Just playing audio. I guess you're just going to see how cool it looks. Yeah, but I mean a lot of DJs they're just hitting play and then you watch yeah, them jump like around the like an idiot. That's true. Like, that's true. I saw them a couple feet away from me. Yeah, but I mean I at least like the platoon band like, was real people. I mean you I mean it is a performance that someone had to create like someone had and there to was animate, a live band. someone had to animate them. Yeah. And it's like seeing a movie except the movie's like three D in front of your face and not like with you're glasses. You're appreciating someone's work. I mean what if that guy like really Yeah, that's true. I guess when you look at it that way it's not that crazy. But if there's a giant warrior hologram that literally just rotates, that's pretty soon. <laughs> wow, you have really low, really low bar of entry, barrier of entry or there. Or Captain Toad hologram that you could like interact with. But then it's not a hologram concert because you're going one on one with. What at that point, what if he's singing? Like I don't know. Well, uh, like ready for adventure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would pay large sums of money for that. Yes, and by large sums, I mean I'd max out like five bucks. But. Would you pay a hundred for a Lincoln Park cover by Toad cover? Concert, no, hologram. No, concert. I just go see Lincoln Park for that. With price. Lincoln Park there. No, but the but if, when I go see Coldplay Toad. at the Rose Bowl in August, if they bring out a Captain Toad hologram, which is not going to happen, but the show's probably going to be like they're on a weird psychedelic kick right now. So if they were mm. to bring out like Captain Toad as a hologram well, and say it's like a mushroom or something, I would be okay with that. Yes, I should clarify. Coldplay is not psychedelic to the point of like crazy psychedelic they just have some tie-dye going on but but yeah anyway we got very distracted <clears throat> well, uh one thing i was gonna say about splatoon which your amiibo thing reminded me is it's interesting just how big it got beyond just the fan fest even amiibo in japan it's just all splatoon now like nintendo released the top 10 sales for each uh region's amiibo Bowser number two here in the states yeah so let's just run through so in, in, in america the top link. three is are Ugh. link bowser and toon link in Europe, the top three are Mario Link and the Inkling Squid. And in Japan, the top three are all Splatoon. It's Amiibo Girl, Squid, and Amiibo Boy. There's no rec- new, like, there's no classic Nintendo character until after you exhaust the list of Splatoon Amiibo. All three of them. But my point is, like, that's kind of insane that's that yet. big. Not even Sonic. Not even. Sonic's on the U.S. list, but he's, like, number Ooh. eight. Yeah. You know what's interesting is, to me, that Toon Link is so high. I tweeted this, so anyone that follows me already heard this, which means you guys already heard this, but YouTube. But um, I remember in, like, 2001 when they showed off Zelda Wind Waker for the first time, and it was nicknamed Zelda, and everyone hated it, and they're like, this is stupid, why is it so cartoony? Fast forward 15 years, and Toon Link is more popular than Mario, Sonic, Pac-Man, Mega Man. uh, In Amiibo sales. Yeah, in Amiibo sales. But still, that's just, like... Wow, imagine well, time heals all wounds. <laughs> because there is no merchandise. No, there is. There's like plushes and oh, stuff. There like is, there's a fair amount you could get. Cool it's not as much as oh, Mario, true, yeah. but but still, but everyone a, has Mario stuff. Yeah, but there's still a decent amount. That's kind of surprising. But anyway, but Splatoon. I think it's really cool that's doing this well. Like it's, it's not just because it's a really good game. Like I said, I did pick it as my 
um, game of the year last year on that episode, whichever one that was. Very but, coveted award. Well, no, but I'm saying, like, obviously I like it, and I think oh, yeah, it's cool because yeah. I picked it as my game of the year. But I think it sends a good message to Nintendo that it's okay to, like, stop things. leaning so... No, yeah, it's okay to try new, new things. It's okay to stop leaning so heavily on existing things, make new IP, do weird stuff. And it's also, <laughs> I think, the first, like... Probably the first really excellent example of Nintendo's younger generation generations of uh, developers in the company showing that they can still capture Nintendo's, like, magic touch, whatever that is, in a new way. Because, like, yeah, the Mario Galaxy team at EAD Tokyo can do it, but they're just doing Mario. They're taking Mario and interpreting it, but it's still Mario. Well, so they're saying, like, whenever they make a new, a new game... Kids shouldn't be afraid of Nintendo's magic touch. <laughs> exactly. Yep. They, don't, yep. they don't have to go through their little check. They're like, all right, does this new idea fit with Mario? That's just... why, yeah, because they always try and shoehorn it. I'm saying, I think this proves... It's as much the fans telling Nintendo, hey... You can be experimental, we'll reward it, as is Nintendo telling fans, we got this, even if as our older developers retire, even as Miyamoto's eventually going to retire, and Anuma's going to retire, and all they those guys retire, we are still going to be putting out games that are like Nintendo caliber, and they're going to be new, and they're going to be interesting, and they're going to be fun and different, and our own spin on things. Like, it's kind of, it, it works both ways. It's us telling them go for it, it's them telling us we got it. So it's cool. I think I think it's a really, it's a really promising sign. But... But besides Splatoon, I did mention Mario Maker also did quite well. It sold 3.38 million copies worldwide. And it's helping it and Splatoon together help keep the Wii U status quo in sales, which Kimishima partially said is due to that weird rollout strategy both have. Where, like, it's not just, like, here's the game on launch day. They drag it out for months. Like, Splatoon <clears> just <throat> finished DLC. Mario Maker, two new event courses went up, I think, today, the day of this yeah, recording. And and yeah, and then EGAD went live a few days before that. What was the one for today? And uh, <laughs> uh, today, I think it was some Japanese festival, like competition, Takuki, Tanguki, something like that festival. I don't know. But yeah, it was um, it was some Japanese festival. But either way, the fact that it's like that many, you know, that long of a stretch and they keep using it as a way to like bubble it back up in the conversation, it's smart. And, you know, and then they introduce things like the Mario Bookmark website and all of that for Mario Maker has helped there be over 6.2 million courses made, and they've been played over 400 million times. Those all stats come straight slopes. from Kimishima, so... What? All without slopes. All without slopes. Although, did you see that one where someone tried to make a slope by just, like, they just stacked the, uh, the, cannon. the cannons? And it actually kind of works. It looks dumb, but it kind of <laughs> it kind of accomplishes a slope. So, uh, I think... I think... I mean, what Do you guys think we're going to start seeing more of this? Like, obviously, the prolonged... The very drawn out um, rollout plans, like where they launch stuff on day one, but then they keep adding things for months and months and months, worked extremely well for Splatoon and Mario Maker. Is this going to be the new norm for Nintendo, do you think? Like, do you think they're top tier games? It's going to always be this way now? I mean, I guess it depends on the game. I don't really see how that could work for, like, Mario's Galaxy, like a single player Mario game. Easy, they just add new planets. That would suck, though. I'm, no, they do a full game, but then they, every couple months, add new planets. So they give you, like, the equivalent of Worlds 1 through 8, and then maybe, like, the bonus worlds that they do after that for the real challenge. And then three months later, like, hey, two new planets have been discovered. Or, you know, like, we charted new plants in the stars or whatever. Or, like, mm-hmm. Zelda, they could do, like... Everybody Zelda would be a- tricky. I think stuff that has a real story would be tricky. But stuff without much of a story. I feel like it's always received negatively, though. 
Is it? Because Splatoon, now everyone's praising it. Oh, yeah, because everything's free, though. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm not saying they necessarily have to pay. Not Neither of these options, you well, pay yeah, a penny. But also, it comes with the game. Yeah, but Splatoon also clearly started, like, unfinished. It's not like we got a yeah, but Mar- complete, full... Like, it definitely was not worth the price when it came out. But I think they corrected that with Mario Maker. I don't think we're necessarily going to yeah, see yeah, them. Mar- Mario Maker was different, yeah. That one, that one definitely felt complete, and then it was just kind of like, like, oh, here's some like kind of fixes that should have been in here from the beginning, but we didn't really do it. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I feel like... It's, it's Splat- updates, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I think Splatoon was the tri- the trial run, and when they saw that was working and generating buzz, they then went forward with Mario Maker doing it. I mean, obviously they can't turn on a dime like that when they're <clears> developing, <throat> but something along those lines. And I wouldn't be surprised, like... Like, I could easily see Star Fox Zero being like, okay... You do this to conquer Andros. Oh, hey, here's, like, score challenges or something that kind of mimic the event challenges that unlock new things or something. Like, like there's ways they could shoehorn it in somewhat. <laughs> like, Pokemon Tournament probably won't do it. I don't know what that would be, except tournaments. Kickstarter Online tournaments, goals. but... What? Kickstarter stretch goals. Yeah, it, it basically, be, that's kind of what Mario Maker's doing right now, if you <laughs> think about it. They're just throwing new levels at you every so often. Or it's like, it's like how Shovel Knight just keeps adding their stretch goal content into the game, oh, and yeah. it keeps similar situation it keeps bubbling back up to the surface of like the gaming conversation online like people just bring up shovel knight every so often because there's always new stuff about it so i i guess i'll i guess i could see him doing more of it but yeah it, it'll be interesting um as long as it's free yeah it will hopefully be free i mean until obviously they have success with dlc as well smash mario kart yeah. fire emblem maps smash. So it could go either way, but I, I think we're going to see a lot more. Whether it's paid DLC or free DLC, we're going to see a lot more Nintendo drawing out buzz about a game for like a year after. Because, I mean, at their last financial briefing, so at the end of the summer, Kim Machine was like, yeah, our holiday plan for uh, Wii U is Splatoon and Mario Maker. Excuse me, and we're going to push them like crazy. And then boom, it worked, exactly <laughs> as he said. So, it, yeah, they're definitely going to keep doing this, I think. Um, those actually weren't the only Wii U games that held their own. I should mention that Yoshi's Woolly World managed to actually sell 1.31 million copies worldwide, which is pretty respectable. They attribute most of it to here in the States. Cause it, probably because it came out in the rest of the world in June, I'm now remembering. So that might be why they're like, well, yeah. Did it come out like in Europe? In June, yeah. First? Yeah, in June. Yeah, oh, and then okay. here in October. But to date, since it launched anywhere, it sold 1.31 million, the majority of which were here for the holidays. Oh, it hasn't been out for that long. Nope. And then, as I mentioned, Mario Kart 8 has already moved another 1.2 million, which means its sales are now at seven, over 7 million. <clears throat> and even Smash Bros. Smash Bros. Memento has continued. So it's kind of funny that, like, the Wii U, in the context of the Wii U, it's done so well for itself that Nintendo didn't even give, like, a real strategy for how are we going to improve it in 2016. Like, in the briefing with 3DS, like, we're going to do this, this, and this. For Wii U, they're just like, yeah, we're going to keep releasing games. We're going to, you know, look at, like, the long tail of existing games and see if we could stretch those out some more. And, uh, yeah, just kind of carry on. And that's, like, it. They, there was no slide or anything about it. There's, like, yeah, we're just going to keep selling games. So um, if you look at the Wii U through the lens of just the Wii U, I guess all's good or as good as can be. I mean, granted, if you look at it through the bigger lens, it's awful. But within its own little bubble, Wii U's chugging along so that's kind of cool it's it's nice to not actually have doom and gloom it's just like yep we found its groove it's a small groove but it's a groove and it's staying in it and owners are happy <laughs> and games are selling well so it's the most you can ask i guess and it's interesting because in the 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 briefing that same care we'll just carry on attitude was also how they treated amiibo so amiibo they've sold 31 million figurines of amiibo and i think about 29 million are here in this room 
But no, they've sold. Uh, <laughs> no, they've sold. They, it's actually not that bad. But you do have every single one. They, <laughs> they've sold. Yeah, they've sold thirty-one million figurines, twenty-one million amiibo cards, nine point nine million amiibo figurines were sold during the holiday quarter alone, which is a new all-time high for amiibo. So I know we always talk about has the bubble burst? Is it finally ending? They're still selling more than they ever have. Uh, amiibo really? cards during the holidays are at, sold twelve. Even 9. Animal Crossing ones. No, they just bucketed them all into one thing. I think <laughs> I think it's the Smash ones primarily. I mean, I only got the Tom Nook because it was, it was five bucks. bucks. Yeah, I paid full price. Like a fool. Tom Nook used me just like he does in the game. But, uh, yeah, Nintendo basically in their in their brief, you're like, yeah, we're just going to keep expanding the product line. We're going to keep making new Amiibo. So uh, I think the only additional thing Kimishima said was, we also have new games coming that use Amiibo, like Mini Mario and Friends. Which, I don't know if you know about that from our last episode, Elvis. Basically, it's Mario vs. Donkey Kong, but you scan Amiibo to unlock new characters. And that's like it. That's the whole game. (laughs) So, this, of course, does bring up the question of, like, is that enough to keep momentum going for Amiibo and whatnot? But we did talk about it in episode 116. So, instead of rehashing, I'm just going to say, if you didn't listen to 116, people at home, go listen to 116 and we cover exactly that topic. Go to the timestamp. Yes, ramtow.com. Your... Adding content later, did you see how like Steam World Highs was image and form? Yes, there were, and what's interesting because it was like well received that they wanted. Yeah, what's interesting is aren't they were taking requests basically? Yeah, they were taking requests through Twitter. It's really cool that they're doing that. Yeah, it's um, I think you know honestly, the more I think about it, I think it's more smartphones are the cause of all this because smartphone games are updated constantly. You're always getting new levels in Angry Birds. You're always getting some weird like we changed the icon color in Temple Run or whatever. Like they're constantly updated. And I think that's now bleeding over to traditional gaming. Yeah, I remember Temple Run being updated like monthly for the holidays. Like you had a Valentine's Day thing, a Santa Claus run, St. Patrick's Day stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 kind of it's an interesting strategy that it makes sense. You want people to keep, especially on smartphones where it's like it's ad revenue, so you need people to keep opening the game and looking at and having those banners pop up or buying in app purchases. Even then, like I still ended up just deleting it and. Never looking back. I still have them, but I haven't opened them in forever. So I get the updates. I'm like, oh, Sonic Run has a new update. <laughs> okay. And I download it and do nothing with it. But Hopefully for the Seymour Highs, it's an update that adds content rather than like... Because a lot of people are saying like, oh, add, make the hats give like special little effects. Like, oh, this hat increases more speed. But I don't really right. have any reason to go back and play the game. Yeah. I beat it. But if they add like a... Maybe like a new world... That'd be, That'd be a good. Big update, though. I would be surprised if they don't. If they're making such a big deal as it were, like, request yeah, what you want, there's definitely new content. There has to be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, speaking of new things, actually, that's a horrible transition. But so <laughs> we talked about the financials of Nintendo's investment. Better transition. Yeah, that would, I, I, I've done better. Uh, we've ta- we talked about financial, but ha- the other half of Nintendo's investment, the more fun half, is the new stuff they announce. And. Um, they announced a few things. Namely, Kimishima gave more info on my Nintendo and talked about Mitomo, their smartphone app, or Mitomo, if you want to say it with a little more emphasis on the Mi. So I guess we need to start with um, my Nintendo, because you can't talk about Mitomo without talking about the Nintendo account, which is what this thing's a Trojan horse for, sort of. So it's coming apparent to me, at least, that my Nintendo is basically a hybrid of Club Nintendo and that digital deluxe promotion from when the Wii U first came out. Where, like, if you buy on the eShop, you basically get credited back. So it'll keep track of your purchases. It does. And or it does. All... that you put inside your Wii U? No. 
That's where it gets stupid. Let me outline it for people who don't know. I'm super annoyed about that part. Let me out. Okay, so for those who don't know what's going on, it's already on Japan, and what you can do in Japan right now is it gives you custom recommendations based on the games you play and own in a thing they call Just For You. Literally, it's what Amazon.com has done with your purchase history for a decade, but now that's intended doing it for your games, it's like, oh, it's new. But uh, yeah, it's that. And the customization also includes birthday discounts, which is kind of nice. The whole month of your birthday, you get free, you get discounts on stuff. So that's that's a nice touch. It's something I wada buy all the games. It's something I wada for. I think it's only games that fit the just for you section though, but like stuff they recommend. But I might be wrong. But it's something I wada first said they wanted to do like over a year ago. So it's cool that they delivered. Usually that section still games already own. Well, no, no, no. They know your purchase history. That's the point. Just for you, will literally be like oh, you have you have SteamWorld Heist and SteamWorld Dig. Have you tried Codename Steam? Codename Steam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something like that. Like it will know exactly what you have on your system, and then it will recommend things you don't own. Didn't uh, didn't the eShop do that already? Yeah, but this one I, I mean, think they have a section called Just for yeah, You. Yeah, they do. Well, That's for some like, reason, Nintendo's prom- like well, for have. some reason, Nintendo's promote. No, no, no. Okay, the eShop's a the eShop is a lie. <laughs> the eShop is a hoax. All those sections are curated. So when they do just for you, it's just what they want you to see. That's what I figured. Yeah, like, it's a lie. Those are they call those the digital shelves. Like there's like, this whole weird back end of the eShop. Just for you. No, no, but seriously, the, like the eShop, what they do is every single feature widget is a curated thing by some people at NOA <laughs> and they are shelves and they will do themed <laughs> shelves like Valentine's Day or whatever. And then they help, they tell developers, Hey, we're going to feature on a shelf. And then the developer sends them the assets and then they do it. So it's kind of like how, uh, the app store picks and chooses things. It's curated. But, uh, yeah, so that's the discount thing. But where things get interesting for my Nintendo is they have a point based system. That's going to roll out worldwide in March and everything you do with your Nintendo system and your smartphone apps that are made by Nintendo will get you points. But there are mm-hmm. two types of points. <laughs> so there's Platinum and Gold, and they work backwards. So Platinum, when you use Nintendo smartphone apps, when you log on and browse the eShop, when you meet various special conditions, you will earn Platinum points. These Platinum points will get you... You'll be good at those. I will. I'll be really bad at the other... Well, actually, no, none of them have to do with gameplay. But the Platinum points will get you digital goods exclusively digital goods. So you'll get, like, new 3DS home themes, new outfits for your me. Some stuff is going to be limited just to my Nintendo members. It's kind of cool. I like physical objects, but whatever. Gold points, on the other hand, will be rewarded whenever you buy, and here's where it gets frustrating, whenever you buy a Wii U or 3DS game, you will get gold points. And then you can use them to get new 3DS and Wii U games. You can apply the points to get new games. Ready for the catch? It only applies, the points being given and the points being taken away will only work digitally. Hmm. In other words, if I go buy a physical, if Kimishima was not just leaving out a vital detail, but he specifically said digitally, if I go to the store and buy Punch-Out! Revenge of the Mac, or whatever, (laughs) um, and come home and put it in the Wii U, Nintendo will not go, oh cool, you have Punch-Out! now, let's give you some points. But if I go to the eShop and download Punch-Out!, and start playing it, Nintendo will go, oh, cool, you have Punch-Out, here are some points. It's the same game for the same price, but one you get a reward and one doesn't. I get why they're doing it. Nintendo makes a lot more money off the eShop. They don't worry about packaging. They don't worry about shipping. They can well, just get pure that, profit. If people just want to like farm points, they could just like, let everyone borrow your game or something. They have ways they could... They can, there are ways they can get around that quite easily. Huh. You pop the disc in, it has a unique identifier, it pings the server, the server goes, this disc's already been claimed by another person, and that just doesn't do anything. 
doesn't give you points, but it still plays. It's like DRM without the DRM. That's how. But I've thought about this. Because I was trying to figure out, like, what reason, besides pure money, what reason would Nintendo, like, shaft half their fans for? And uh, that's a strong word. They're not really, like, shaft. So, does that mean that you're going to move with... No, because I like physical. I've said it on the show a bunch of times, but I, I'm old-fashioned in the sense that I like having a physical collection on a shelf. Like, you have a great one right here. Mm. Like, you have, like, like 12 stacks of... No, it's like a full... You have hundreds of games that look really nice on a shelf. I have, like, nice games that look nice next to my TV. I like the idea of being able to physically have games, so it's kind of... Un, un, I don't want to, Unfair seems strong, but it kind of is unfair that Nintendo's like... It's unfair. It's unfair. That Nintendo's like, all right, you're giving, you're literally paying the same dollars and cents as the guy who bought it from the eShop. You don't know, like, I don't know what cuts they give to Best Buy or what cuts are for shipping or packaging, but at the end of the day, I'm paying the same 60 bucks that guy is. That guy's getting treated to free games as a result, and I'm not. And that seems weird, especially if he's like, uh, if you're a dedicated fan and you're like, yeah, I have hundreds of Nintendo games. I'm buying them all my life. I buy every release. And then this guy's like, I bought five and they gave me a free copy of 1080 Snowboarding. I'll be like, what? Well, I, mean, so, the, I mean, your real reward should be the games that they make themselves. We shouldn't feel entitled to these rewards. We should just be happy. No, we shouldn't, but they're offering it. I they got to do it to everyone. I know you're trying to play Devil's Advocate a bit. But it does make me wonder. And again, I get it. I get from a money perspective why they're doing it. It just... It just feels unfair, okay, Nintendo? Like, why? But it does make me wonder something, a real real question. If Nintendo's so focused on digital, does that mean the NX is not going to have discs, is not going to have cartridges? Could the NX potentially be a all-digital system? I mean, I wouldn't actually mind if it is. I wouldn't either, because I'm running out of shelf space. Well, yeah, that, that's pretty much the big reason. <laughs> like, while I do like to get physical, yeah, I... Do in a That's way a great, would, great quote out of context. I do like to get physical. <laughs> I would kind of rather prefer to have a, a digital library, especially now. It's just like, especially in more recent times where we still play Smash Brothers, but we still keep switching out between Mario Kart and other games. It's like, yeah. I just wish I had these downloaded in. It's just a pain to switch it out, especially on the 3DS. I so, almost, or yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I don't know. It just makes way more sense to have a bunch of these games, you know, digital. And even the. Like, the one play games, like, oh, um, the one-and-done games, like, let's say, I don't know, like Mario 3D World. Like, after we 100%ed that, we had no reason to ever play that again, so why would we want to keep on the memory? Like, oh, just True. delete it. But at the same time, I kind of like to have a visual memento of that we have it. And here's the problem with digital. And this could be true for an iPad, an iPhone, an Android device, a PlayStation, excuse me, anything. Okay, you have digital. Great. Your hard drive crashes. In five years, your hard drive crashes. The PSN store, the eShop, the App Store, they don't exist anymore. They moved on to something new. Maybe it's 10 years down the road. We had the luxury of being able to go back and play NES games, play Atari games, play like go experience the past. If it's all digital and something goes wrong with your files, I've had this happen to my Wii U. It wiped itself clean. Oh, yeah. um, I literally lost all my save data. That's pretty funny. It was hysterical. No, but uh, seriously, if I want to go back and like, if I have a kid, I'm like, you gotta see this weird thing we used to play called the Wii U. I want you to try Mario Kart. And I boot up the Wii U. It's like, yeah, corrupt hard drive. And the eShop no longer exists because it's 20 years from now. That's it. I paid 60 bucks for this thing that's now out the way. Literally erased from my life forever. That is weird. I like having physical because it means you have it. <laughs> Granted, the Wii U could break and you can't play it. Your NES breaks and you have to blow the cartridge 20 times to maybe play it. But you still have the cartridge. You can still be like, well, maybe there's another NES somewhere that works. Or maybe I can, like, dust it or something. So it's just weird. Like, it's weird. If it goes all digital, like, as much as I'd like to sh- save the shelf space, save the disk swapping, save all that hassle. And obviously I live fine with it for an iPhone and what and a computer and whatnot. Like, I have no worries about that. But 
something about it. Maybe it's because I like having a large yeah, collection of games. Feels one, weird. This is one of those territories that I feel has improved over the years. Like, I mean, it's now become more common to return digital copies for a refund. Right. But it's still like. Yeah, it's not the same. It's it's still too new. Like it's not something that, especially our generation, is not used to. I'm sure, like kids that didn't grow up with anything before, I guess the Wii for that matter, um, are probably way more okay with this or even think of it to be normal. Because I mean, most of them have yeah. PCs or like iPads and stuff. So most of them never even have. I mean, you like think of the most popular games like Minecraft. Yeah, like Minecraft. Wasn't a, a, a lot of kids play it on an iPad or. A computer, so they don't even have. They never had a physical copy. Angry Birds True. never had a physical copy. True, it's not like I'm pining for like. Oh no, yeah. It's like I'm like, oh man, I need Angry Bird. I need all six Angry Birds like physically in my hands to show my children in three years. It's definitely some weird. No, oh, yeah. I mean, like, we're old fashioned now. We're old folks. Yeah, well, we just grew up in a different time yeah, where yeah. we need to have a physical copy, and I mean, so we do think of the repercussions of not having a physical copy <clears throat> which are very valid but at the same time mm-hmm. i mean and honestly like i don't think the nx is gonna be all digital i really don't but it's an interesting thing based on this reward program that could be and besides the digital thing my nintendo sounds pretty great like giving rewards for just using an app or logging onto the eShop is kind of cool and then if you do buy stuff they're literally giving you kickbacks to buy more stuff so no complaints here and kimishima did also say that down the road they're planning to sync cloud data between devices. You'll be able to manage your friends between devices. It's all very modern and very un-Nintendo, so it's exciting to see it finally happen. Um, the other half of the My Nintendo equation, though, is Mitomo, which will launch alongside the program in March worldwide, or in select countries, I should say. Uh, Nintendo's still being a little vague on everything that happens in Mitomo, but we're beginning to get a greater sense of kind of like how it works. So in a nutshell, I don't know how much you guys know about it, but in a nutshell, you basically make a me. It will ask you random questions. And some of the questions Nintendo gave examples are, do you believe in aliens? What song is stuck in your head? And I think another one is, would you tell, would you tell your friend they have a nose hair sticking out or something? like Kind of like that weird, quirky Nintendo stuff. And then you answer them to the me, and then the me will just show up on friends' phones and be like, hey, did you know Jason currently has Uptown Funk stuck in his head? And that, that's it. That's all we know about how it works. And you can customize the me with microtransactions, supposedly. And presumably you'll be able to customize the room he hangs out in because the screenshot showed, like, different configurations. So it's a gossip game. It's like Tomodachi Life meets a gossiping computer person. <laughs> it's, I, I, it's very wacky in that Nintendo way. And I could see it being a little fun, but I don't know how, like, sticky it will be. Like, how much <laughs> you'll actually, like, come back to it. And it'll actually, like, be something you want to keep returning to. But... You're on a roll. What? With how sticky it will be? That's an actual term. And how much you will... <sighs> we should censor that one. Uh, <laughs> but, um... Yeah, one cool feature they are adding, though, that actually does have potential to take off is in Mitomo they have a mode called Mifoto which is kind of a great little punny name but um basically you're gonna be it, I feel like this is like a meme machine waiting to happen because basically you're gonna be able to take your me your customized me and it's overlaid into real life pictures you take on your smartphone it'll save to your camera roll and then you can just like send it out into the world on social media or whatever you want and the me have multiple expressions. It's very Tomodachi like. And given how viral Tomodachi Life's bizarro screenshots went, 
this has the potential, at least for a little while, of making the rounds in the gaming world. I could see this definitely blowing up at first. Like, just people taking bizarro me screenshots and just sending them out and making weird jokes and memes and whatnot. The real question is whether the rest of the app has enough in it to actually work as this Trojan horse to get people to make Nintendo accounts. So, I mean, how often do you... I can't see myself using the question and answer. I'll check it occasionally, especially if it pushes to me. But I can't see answer. myself every single day being like, got to answer 10 questions to my me. Like, it just, I, 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 I will try it really? and probably find Dude, it fun for I a week or two. You doing that. Not beyond a week or two, I don't think. Like, it's fun for like... That should probably be enough. Yeah, that's my point. But Nintendo wants this to be more than a week or two. Mm. Like, this is something that's supposed to get people to make a Nintendo account while like, use it and be engaged. And they're going to... Unless it's a brief Trojan horror, where it's like, hey, you signed up. Great, we'll now spam your email with other apps. Like, I, I don't know. Like, what, do you see... How would you use it, do you think? Well, just like well you don't have a smartphone, so... But you have an iPad. But I don't know if it works on iPad. Either way. You still on? <laughs> right. Well, what about maybe, you, though? Maybe just on that first day. Minimum yes, requirements see, to unlock certain coins. <laughs> right. But see, that that's almost their problem here, is if they're using this as a way to get people to make my Nintendo accounts, how's that going to work if a bunch of people are like, this is not that exciting and then how will i as someone whose friends don't even have it who am i talking to who am i sending passive little me messengers to well, they should have made something yeah, more interesting that's one <laughs> <laughs> but yeah they should have but uh you know actually no it's interesting as i kind of jumped the gun they d- you don't need a my nintendo account for mitomo which makes it even more like confusing and arguably pointless like they just want people to know Nintendo's on mobile now, it seems like. So, like, hey, you know those me? There are 200 million of them in the world created. What if they talk to each other about you? That's literally it. There's no, like, you You don't need my Nintendo to use Tomo apparently. I think if you want to send messages, you probably need my Nintendo so you can get a friends list going. But they haven't confirmed that. All they says is Tomo is optional with this game and then will be required with games going forward. Which is... Or apps going forward, I should say. Which is weird because Nintendo claims their milestone for my Nintendo accounts is they want to have, you ready for this? A hundred million. One hundred million my Nintendo accounts. Now, if you... It is. It is. If you take the fact that all the Nintendo Network accounts on Wii U and 3DS will be migrated to my Nintendo, that's probably 40, 50, 60 million right there. So now they only have to worry about 50 million. But that's still a ridiculous number so i'm not sure how mitomo when it's not even required will do that i don't know if pokemon go is even gonna require my nintendo accounts because kind of a side project but kimishima did say they're gonna keep using popular ips for a second smartphone game which he confirmed during the investor meeting is gonna be a traditional game and it's gonna use a more familiar character than the me like an actual top tier character it can only be mario or could be kirby or something they, he didn't say the top. He said a top. I could see a Kirby game, like a Kirby Megan collection or yeah, something. Kirby is their go-to experimental... Rainbow Curse could work on smartphones want. quite well. It could. That's my theory. But no, but my that will require my Nintendo account. But like, I don't know how you're going to get 50 million people with a game where you like passively maybe have your me talk to people sometimes if they feel like it. Mm. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. It's an interesting idea. And in the meantime, Nintendo is going to be gauging interest in Tomo and in the Nintendo account system with a pre-registration program. So starting February 17th, uh, you'll be able here in the West and in Japan to sign up for my Nintendo. 
using your Nintendo Network ID or social media or email, whatever you want. And then at that point, you can say, yes, I want Mitomo, and they will email you when it's out with a download link. This is a very common app strategy in Japan, but no one in the West does it. It's really unheard of over here. Hmm. So That sounds weird. Yeah, it's a little strange, but it's just the way I guess for them to kind of get a sense of how big or small it'll be. Speaking of unheard of things, a much better transition. <laughs> uh, the other biggie that is relatively unheard of these days and will continue to be is, do you remember the quality of life product? Oh, the qual. The qual. That sleep tracker next to your bed, that non-wearable that was going to leapfrog over wearables and be a health modulating thing that somehow is also game-related because Nintendo makes games and they're going to gamify your health and make it fun and healthy and yada, yada, yada. Do you remember that? No. In 2014, Iwata promised all these things. He's like, we're going to make this thing. And it's going to be like, it's going to leap. It won't be a wear- wearables are the current health trend. It's going to go past wearable. It's going to be non-wearable, which is apparently is better than wearable. <laughs> um, and he was going about like, it's going to have a cloud service and everything will connect to it. And your data will be synced and then you'll get goals that kind of achieve like, they used to kind of like make yourself a better person. The goals will be kind of gamified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like less interaction out of nowhere. What? I feel like anything with less interaction is worse. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, like, so then they announced, like, this standalone, like, sleep tracker that would sit next to your bed and somehow detect that you're sleeping or not, even though it's not touching the bed. <laughs> well, out of nowhere, in the investor kinda meeting... sounds like the oh, one that Withings has, where it's kind of like a weird... Yeah. Shell... It's one of their competitors, it's ResMed or something that Nintendo was working with. But here's what's weird. So, Iwata said, yep, it'll be out by the end of the next fiscal year, which is March 2016. March 2016... Ends in approximately seven weeks. This thing isn't even. It could come out. With it, it. Nope. Because nope. Have... Nope. Because Kimishima, without even being asked or prompted in the investor meeting, just out of the blue, is like, "Oh, by the way, remember quality of life? Yeah, we're not doing that." <laughs> so he basically said it's on indefinite hold. Now it's not because um, they don't like the idea of improving people's lives. They just couldn't find a way to make it commercially viable. So as he put it. There's still potential with improving people's lives through things, but it's just not going to be a sleep-tracking box that just lives next to your bed. So it sounds like the, the, the whole quality of life thing, it sounds like it's just not happening. The, they're 0 for 2 with health products. First they had the Vitality Sensor for the Wii, which never came out. Now they have this, which isn't coming out. Um, I, I don't think this is surprising. Not it felt very half-baked from the start. They need to make those promises they can't keep. Well, you know what I think it was, honestly? That was the year. Do you remember? I think, I don't remember which one. You might have been the one that first said this on the podcast, like, sometime last year. 2014 felt like the year that Nintendo just threw everything against the wall and decided, like, to see what would stick. Like, they're like, oh, we're in panic mode. Let's just throw, we're going to use our characters more. And um, um, we're going to make the health tracker. And we'll have a new system, I guess. And it'll be different than the Wii U. And it's kind of like, I mean, everything I said, most of it turned out to actually be what they're doing. But they threw a ton of ideas out there. And it's like, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. We're not going to make smartphones, but we're going to have a Nintendo Network-like app, sort of, that never happened. And they just kind of tossed everything against the wall. And they're just like, something's going to stick. Something investors will resonate with and like. And I think quality of life is just one of the things that fell off the wall eventually. It just didn't stick. The IP thing stuck. NX obviously stuck. Quality of life did not stick. So... Yeah, I think it, I think it's dead. And while uh, and while Kimishima was happy to talk about quality of life and say it's dead, there is one thing which is kind of the elephant in the room that we haven't really touched on yet, which is the NX. And he outright said at the top they're not covering the NX whatsoever. So we have no official news about the NX, but that hasn't stopped others from talking about the NX. So we learned a few secrets that Nintendo probably doesn't want, want to know. Um, case in point, 
We have another source confirming the NX, confirming that the NX is coming this year, this holiday most likely. This time, it's Nintendo's own flash memory chip provider, a company called Macronix. Uh, mm. They provide chips for everything from the GameCube and Game Boy to the 3DS and Wii U, and they had a bad financial quarter, so what you do, you spill Nintendo's secrets. They were just like, yeah, we're going to try and turn things around because we are producing a chip for a video game client and a new machine, and it's coming this year. And that's going to help us boost our profits. They didn't say Nintendo, but their video game client is Nintendo. So what else could it be? It is definitely The NX is definitely coming this year. If their chip supplier is saying it's this year, they would know better than anyone. So it's happening. Cue the it's happening gifts. It's happening. It's exciting, I guess. Yeah, the question will be kind of what we were saying earlier. Is it a handheld, a console, a hybrid, a guide? I don't quite know. It's probably a handheld. As long the, as it stays, well, I don't know. I don't want to say as long as it stays in the three hundred dollar range because oh, it's gonna be the the reports are saying it's gonna be like two hundred bucks, not three for the handheld. If it's a handheld. Oh well, yeah, but I mean, I guess the PS4 and the Xbox One were each four hundred when they came out, so I guess it wouldn't be weird if the I guess the core body was at four hundred, but yeah. I don't think it'll be four. I think Nintendo learned their lesson with Wii U. Although Wii U price hasn't dropped, which is another weird thing. The Wii U's been carrying on so well for so many years in its little bubble of the context of the Wii U at the same price. They added games, but they didn't ever drop the MSRP. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, but I mean, it's literally what it costs that long. You're essentially getting a $100 discount. That is true. That is true. So it did, yeah. Two good games at that. Yeah, seriously. But, uh, yeah, so whatever form the NX takes is coming this year, and assuming that rumor's true, the question then becomes what will we see on NX? And according to a second separate rumor, Bandai Namco is working on multiple games for NX, which makes total sense, because Namco and Bandai... Uh, Namco... Nintendo... Namco and, Bandai. <laughs> Namco and Bandai and Nintendo are all very close. I mean, Smash Bros. was developed by Namco, Pokemon Tournament was by Namco, Mario Kart KGP was by Namco, Project X Zone 2 is Fire Emblem characters. There's a lot of cross-pollination going on there. But where things get interesting is that this rumor specifically calls out Smash Brothers as being an NX launch title. What's unclear is if it's a brand new Smash or a port of an older Smash, but not like, say, Smash for Wii U and 3DS. But nonetheless, according to this rumor, we are getting a new Smash Bros. at launch on NX. And if you couple with the other rumor, that means it's this year. I mean, it could be just like Mortal Kombat XL comes on That's DLC. my guess. That's yeah, my guess. I think it's like... Pretty safe to say that that's going to be it. Yeah, it make, I mean, it makes sense. They're like, definitely not going to let the current Smash Bros. die, and this would be the best way to feel... <clears throat> the best way to get people that are really invested on the Wii U to feel comfortable moving to the... NX. NX even though it does kind of sound like they're going to have to start from scratch. But, by scratch, I mean like they're going to have to like buy the game all over again. Oh, yeah, unlock. And even though it comes with all the DLC, it still kind of stings that you have to pay the 50-plus bucks again. But, I mean, I guess what they could do with the, well, what is called the complete version. Um, Let's call it NX Championship Edition. That sounds like a fighting game right there. <laughs> like, they'll just have everything unlocked. Like, just unlock everything. Like, don't even, I don't know, make that an option somehow. But I feel like yeah. whenever you have the complete edition, you, you shouldn't have to make people unlock everything. Even though that is kind of a thing that's ingrained in Smash Brothers. I mean, yeah. Unlocking is part of their game design, but... I don't know. I feel like they shouldn't do that. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. What what I find kind of what I find kind of interesting is like this further, almost further example, further proves that whole evergreen thing we were talking about before. Because like, regardless of how they present Smash Brothers, 
if it's Wii U and 3DS, like, is everything going to be unlocked? Does it come with the Wii U and 3DS content in one thing with all DLC? Like, presumably it would, right? Like, it'd be all 80 stages or whatever, or whatever it is. 80? Whoa. No, I misspelled. <laughs> 80's wrong. Whatever it is. All the stages from both versions, <laughs> all the characters, all the DLC, maybe a that new stage be... or a new character just to you know what? triple dip. Um, I hadn't considered this, but there is, I mean, the the console, I guess for a while, I guess since we weren't really sure of the form factor of the NX. Um, We're still it... not. Oh yeah, exactly. So like since for the most part, it's kind of thought that it's going to replace both the handheld and the console. Yeah. Um, I guess, like, you made a realize, like, oh, I guess a good way to add content to the to Smash Wii U, essentially, would just be to port everything from the 3DS version onto yep. the Wii U. So it's like, oh, that's... And then just throw in, like, yeah, I mean, I ice climbers for good measure because there's better processing power to yeah, handle yeah, it cause now. Because at that point, it's like, all right, we don't really have to worry about making the 3DS match the Wii U version because, like, this is going to be a still separate thing. Yeah. At that point, just add ice climbers, add... I guess all those characters that they had dead in the water that just couldn't fit, so... I don't know, that'd be cool. I mean, the 3DS has a lot of cool stages that I would like to see in HD. Rainbow Road. Yeah, see, like, cool. I think something like that could definitely happen. Game Boy would be cool. Yeah, and I mean... Paper Mario stage. Yeah, they could go a little crazy and do it Street Fighter style. And I mean, let's face it, like... It's not crazy for Smash Brothers to finally do this. It is now bigger... I can't believe this is true. It's now bigger than Street Fighter. Smash Brothers has outsold as a series Street Fighter by about a million. Whoa. 38 million <clears throat> Smash Bros. games sold versus 37 million Street Fighter games sold. Like, so we've hit the point... Street Fighter 1 through now? Street Fighter, like, life. Street Fighter is a franchise. And Smash is a franchise. Whoa. So it was bound Street to Fighter happen. coming out February 16th. We'll yeah, see. well, okay. But th- this is coming out this year, too, if the rumors are true, so... Yeah, but everybody already has that. Everyone also already... Oh, I see your point. Yeah, it's a new Street Fighter. Well, it'll be a tug of war, but my point is like this is in is officially in like the the um, rankings of like real yeah. fighting games, say, like real staple fighting game series. I mean, it has two games in Evo, even Pokemon tournaments in Evo though. So, but um, but yeah, my my point is like there, it's not that crazy for them to do a championship edition at this point. I mean, people are already double dipping on the like the PS3 to PS4 ports that are now commonplace. With, like, Last of Us being out again two years after it was first out. Like, this is not... Ten years ago, it would have been crazy for Nintendo to re-release the same game a year later on a new system. Now it's it's not. Yeah, Yeah, so... And also, the thing with Smash Bros. in particular is, like... Street Fighter was re-released. PS4. Right, yeah, exactly. Street Fighter 4 was, yeah. Yeah. So, like... Justice was re-released. Yeah, so it kind of makes sense. And the thing with Smash Bros. in particular is, like... um, of any game that Nintendo were to do this for, it would have to be Smash Bros. It's their biggest thing. Because the, the rumor... First of all, the rumor stemmed from... I feel like Dan and Splatoon need to be moved yeah, over. And both... Because both are the evergreen thing. Like, to kind of tie it all together. So this rumor, first of all, started, uh, started by a guy named Dr. Sirkin Kodo. He is a... Um, he He runs... No, he runs uh, a consultant industry... In, a consultant firm in Japan, in Japanese game industry... And he uh, has a so, lot of ins at so Nintendo. He's a Japanese version of Michael Pactor? Kind of, except he is accurate. No offense, Pactor. Mm-hmm. Like, he, um, he, no, he, he called burned. Matomo before it happened. He has ins at a lot of places. He is very reliable. So That's he, fine. so first of all, this, <laughs> so first of all, this is a, this is as close to a true fact as we're going to get from a rumor, I think. And when you look at that, and you look at the evergreen thing, like you guys are saying, like of course Smash gonna come over, of course Platoon's gonna come over. It makes sense because 
Nintendo's not going to let the Wii U, which I think is kind of where you guys are going, but Nintendo's not going to let the Wii U short lifespan just kill kill Smash and Splatoon. These games have legs that can last another, like, six years, if you want to get real crazy. And if the Wii U's dead in the water within a year from now because of NX, they're, they put so much money and so much time and so many resources into making these games. They're on the people that already have it because they kind of That, too. Have they're to doing the double-dipping 3DS strategy, and it's going to work. But also, it's Smash... definitely needs a completed... Oh, wait, because it's all updated for, like... But, but it's going to hit a ceiling. There's only so many people that buy Splatoon on Wii U. That's, that's seriously the sales will hit a ceiling. That's a term. I'm sorry, you're not up on your business terminology. No, but uh, it will hit a ceiling. Like the sales are going to stop at some point because there's no one else that owns a Wii U that will want it. So if they take it to NX, they open it up to a whole new group of people of new NX owners. But the thing with Smash and like Splatoon is Smash is particularly critical for NX launch because of what it signifies for <clears> Nintendo. <throat> like this game is. Everything they Nintendo put out, Venture Beat actually compiled all this data, so I'm kind of just paraphrasing what they wrote. But in Nintendo's financial briefing, they put out um, a list of all their top eShop downloads, like exclusively to the eShop. Number one and number two, Smash Bros. DLC for Wii U and 3DS. Like that, that alone helped drive their financial, uh, not their financial, their eShop revenue. Higher this fiscal year than it's been last fiscal year by a good margin. Basically, Only everyone's Smash like, Brothers? well, Smash Bros. in particular. Like, they had Mario Kart in the past, but Smash Bros. was a heavy driving force. Like, they said it was a big driving force in why their eShop sales were up this year because everyone went and bought the new characters. So, the they. We use eShop, eShop too? Yeah, they're yeah. both eShop. Oh, both it's eShop. just a, yeah, even though they're separate, sort of. On the Wii U, you can browse the 3DS listings, you just can't buy Ooh. anything. Yeah. But yeah, so it's number one, number two, and drove a significant increase in overall digital purchases. And then you got Kimishima saying that they want to keep Smash at the center of the conversation. That's a verbatim quote from the financial briefing, which is an odd thing to say if the next day you release what you're calling your final DLC for Smash Bros. for Wii and 3DS, Bayonetta and Corrin. Like, he literally said that day before. They want to keep it at the center of the conversation. But then here's the thing that we're closing it out with. So clearly there's more to come, and they make a ton of money off it, and if it's driving that many eShop sales and Nintendo's whole pitch is we are getting 100 million people on my Nintendo and having Nintendo accounts, what better way to launch the NX than with a game where you are going to go buy a ton of additional content on the eShop ultimately and you're getting a my Nintendo account. So it all just kind of between the source of this, the fact that it's the best-selling digital thing they had, the fact that they want more digital things to be sold, and the fact that their own presence saying they're not done with Smash, yeah, this is happening. <laughs> This is for sure happening. So, what form it will take, who knows? I think you're right. That's going to be Championship Edition. But yeah, this well, is this good. is really happening. It's like, yeah, it's like I just bought the DLC. Yeah, well, I mean, sure it'll be. Actually, yeah, we're going in February. I guess I can't really complain because if we get anything, it'll most likely be in November. Yeah, right. That's like the typical yep, yep. Nintendo thing. You know, I just realized, I started that whole point I was making with, like, yeah, Evergreen tiles. Nintendo's going to do it with Splatoon, going to do it with Smash because of that. And I said because, but I completely switched to why I thought the rumor was true. Mm-hmm. I got, like, all befuddled in my head. But, yeah, it's... <clears throat> there, yeah. but Oh, no, it made sense, because the Evergreen is what led... They don't want to cut short, so they're going to move it over, so they're going to release it. <laughs> yeah, okay, it makes sense. I was just thinking back on what I said. I'm like, that didn't make That's sense. That's Yes, indeed. But speaking of Smash, uh, now's probably a good time to bring up those final DLC impressions because we're talking about, Bay- I just mentioned Bayonetta and Corrin are now in Smash Bros. 
we've all played it. You guys have put a lot more time into it than I have. I don't even know there's videos from zero to death combos with Bayonetta. Yeah. Yeah, like, like tell, I mean, all right, give your thought. Yeah, like, like, take mean, over. I, I mean, now that this recording, we've only had the character since, like, three days. Yep. And, I mean, like, my initial impression on Bayonetta was like, whoa, she feels pretty hard to use. Like, they weren't kidding when um, Sakurai was saying that, like, oh, she's going to feel a little slow because she has a lot of combos. She has but, a learning curve. But she could be easily stopped if you're not <laughs> fast enough. And, I don't know, like, I, when I was, like, describing it to Obis, I was saying that she feels like Greninja, like, when I play really against really good Greninjas, they feel really hard to stop, and it feels like they just combo you like crazy. But when I try to use Greninja, I, like, suck, and I can't do anything. And that's how Bayonetta feel, and sure, that's how she felt. And sure enough, the next day, um, video surfaced of, like, her doing crazy combos from, like, 0% to death. And right. if you look at little combo meter, just in general, like, they're actual combos. And... I'm just like, whoa. Yeah, that you showed me that as soon as I got here um, before I record. Yeah, that's insane. Because it's like, you just, like, she just carries them off the screen with a bunch of kicks. And that's not even, um... And then they die at, like, 48%. It's insane. Mm-hmm. It's not even through through, uh, through, 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 through giant knockback. They're just carried. Yeah, they're off. literally just, yeah. like, carried away. Just carried slowly barrier, dragged away. The yeah. screen barrier. Yeah. And it's like, and that's not even, like, all the crazy she could do. Like, um, her witch time... Like, I think if you hit someone after, like, 70%, like, you're stuck in there for the amount of time that you could completely charge a smash attack. Mm-hmm. And they could pretty much kill anyone if you do, like, an up smash. And we're, and another thing that people do is um, if they get the witch time on the edge of a stage, witch time being, you just, it's a, it's a counter, it's down B. I and, will say, witch time is really cool when it works. And it just um, slows down your opponent, it's like they get stuck in the... And every time you do it, does the time slow down? Or Only do you... for that person, though. No, 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 like... Like, oh, yeah, it gets less and less per- time. Or is it just percentage-wise? It's, it's percentage-wise, but if you do it too many times, like, like let's say they get hit by it and you don't really get to punish them, um, and you try to do it again, like, it will, like, keep shrinking in time. Kind of like uh, Shulk counter. But... I actually but, really like the, the, the witch time thing. Well, it's, it's, it's just it's, fun it's to, like... Cool. It's, it's, when you land the counter, it feels it's, very satisfying. It's a satisfying. unique enough counter mm-hmm. that, like, it actually feels different. But, yeah. But something cool that I've seen people do is... um. They'll do it on the edge of the stage, and then so when they get, when they activate it, they'll jump over the person, hit them with the back of their foot, so that they get, so that they fall off the stage, but they're still moving in slow motion, and as they're going over the edge, they'll down smash, and they just get spiked. <laughs> and, and it looks really cool. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, wow. Bayonetta looks crazy. I, yeah, Bayonetta definitely, definitely, like, I played only a handful of matches with her but like I had no idea. like it was fun the smash attacks were fun I like like I said I like which time I had no idea what I was doing like that's a character you have to her. learn I didn't really play that much with Corrin Corrin just feels Corrin Corrin uh, it's Corrin, like another sort of Corrin just yeah I mean no Corrin's a little more yeah Corrin's easier to play Corrin has some pretty long range but yeah it kind of just felt like a sped up Lucina sort of Feel like a funner Lucina. <laughs> yeah, like it's More like they fun. it's like they piece together a couple different I mean, characters because really like... one of you noticed that it was Meta Knight's side attack. Oh, Lucina. yeah, that's you. I, I mean, yeah. I, I really like the like stab... sideways drill. I really yeah. like that stabby mechanic. I don't know, it's just kind of fun. Just it like, is. It's it just is. landing and sticking there, and then I just forget to move, and I'm just like, oh. <laughs> I will but... say that uh, speaking of uh, side attacks, the Bayonetta's guns are kind of weird going back to bayonet for a sec like they i know sakurai told us they were gonna go at an angle and you can't do it straight on but like if you have a shorter character they just whiz right past their head and it's like mm-hmm. it's like what's the point yeah i was finding someone online there were kirby and they sucked me up 
Yeah. When they had the guns and Kirby's really short. So, when so they it works me, effectively. Like, I couldn't really do anything. Like I just had to like, I can't, I could crouch, but then I can't crawl. So I'm just like stuck there and I'm trying to jump over him. And it was pretty annoying. And then if, yeah. I, if I tried shooting at Kirby, Kirby just literally just ran at me and like I couldn't do anything. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's kind of weird. But yeah, Corrin, Corrin um, I'm sure doesn't have that issue. Yeah. But, and Corrin's yeah. counter is a little different too. It's like a double-sided counter, which is kind of... Yeah, like, it's not just the one direction that you're facing. It splits with her hoof hands. Or <laughs> yeah, his hoof oh, hands. Hoof feet. But, yeah. But, uh... They're all just fingers. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, I mean, I would say it's worth adding these characters because it does add another layer. Yeah, I mean, I, I do like that... At least the new characters, like, always add something completely different. Like, Bayonetta yeah. definitely feels way different. Like, Ryu Very feels unique. way yeah. different. Like, yeah. they, add, like, they practically add different mechanics. Like, Ryu adds mechanics. I don't know, it's cool. It's different. Yeah, so, and it's what? It's like five bucks for the characters on one system, six on both. I think it's like six for Bayonetta since she comes with a stage. Right. Which is... Which is an alright stage. It's way more defecting the sound destination in the background. Yeah, that ba- that, it's like way too much going on. Especially when, um, I forget the name, but there's a, there's a god thing that has two heads and when it yells, it like vibrates, it sends like little sound vibrations that... Uh, kind of like makes everything look kind of ripply. Right, right. It goes by fast, but it's, I don't know, it's definitely, it's a ripley. visual spectacle. I kind of like I said, uh, the star of the Alien movies. The what? what? Ripley. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Rid- Rid- Ridley. Ridley. <laughs> it makes Ripley. Rip- Rip- oh, oh, you're doing Ripples. Yeah, yeah I, was, ripples. I was talking about Ripples. Cause it makes Did you say, ripples? I didn't even pick up on Ripley's. I'm like, yeah, Ripley's. I was, I was turning just... Ripples into an adjective. I was thinking yeah, very I, I... Oh, right, right. That's what it was. But yeah, it's um, and kind of like I said when we first saw the stage, it does feel like another one of those like you're just taking a tour almost like stuff's going on yeah, in the background. I mean, but the foreground's very just like there's just a couple platforms. I mean, like, the debris like appears. It it kind of reminds me in that sense. It reminds me of um the town city the other yes. Animal Crossing one. Yeah, but, where the things slide in from the side. Yeah, but the only difference is that um, like I didn't really notice it as much at first, but then after some people pointed out um, I guess like it creates like some little. I guess some areas where you could just like walk off the side because it has like really long pieces of debris. Oh, I did that accidentally the first time. The first oh. time we played it here, yeah, yeah. And good all, times, good times. It's interesting. It's I don't know. It's no, like kind of like you said, like overall, like stage design, like they could have gone crazier, and they just haven't. Yeah. Yeah, because like, I mean, even though the the cloud one, like I, the cloud one's a fun stage, like when you have the that one's super unique because there's like six different. Things yeah, that could happen, but and I mean, they're totally different. I know, but at the same time, it's also like, oh, it's just battlefield. With yeah, stuff on just it. with like, stuff literally splitting it down the middle. Yeah, yeah. With, it's like, oh, let's do stuff to battlefield. This almost makes me even further think that the NX Smash Bros is just Championship Edition, so to speak. Like, if this, if the stage ideas are starting to dwindle a little, and we're getting a lot of the same type of stages presented in different visual styles. How would they do an entire new Smash Bros. by this holiday, in theory? No, they wouldn't. They it's for sure. It. There's no other option. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, like, yeah, and like you are saying, like, at most, like, maybe they'll add Ice Climbers and the 3DS stuff all into Nice One Pack. Yeah, since, which would be cool. Since both NX Portable and NX Home, I mean... <laughs> NX To Go and NX For Here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that would still satisfy Sakurai's obsession with making sure that both versions are yeah. identical. Even though yes. they can't play with each other, like... All Stars Battle Royale did on Vita and right. Oh yeah, PS3. 3DS and Wii U. Can, I mean, like yeah. then it makes sense, but since they couldn't communicate, like what did it matter? It was weird. Yeah, it I know. Really didn't matter. I know, but either way, um, they should not have told us that I Ice know. Climbers were working on the Wii U and they couldn't get. Yeah, that, that was just such a tease. But either that was definitely the the whole like 
not like now it's limiting it. Whoa. Yeah, you see how frustrated you're getting? You're like shaking <laughs> our little child table, and I don't even necessarily like the United Climbers. But... It's just the principle of the matter. Yeah. Yeah. Tables are. But child. at least <laughs> what? This table's our child. It is our <laughs> child. We, we birth. We gave birth to it today. Um, what was I gonna say? But yeah, I guess I guess the takeaway is even without the ice climbers, um, corn and banana are good additions. <laughs> right. See, I tried to bring it back, and it sort of didn't work. But yeah, so I I would surprise Inkling. Yeah, who knows? Oh, Inkling would make sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, now that we're, we kind of shifted away from businesses. If anyone didn't notice, um, which well, I'm sure you guys are kind of breathing sour. Like the, the business move news is done. Like the Nintendo company news, and now we're just on the game stuff. So let's keep going down that road. But with a rumor. All right, I'm, I'm I'm game. All right, you guys are on board. <laughs> Good, because because uh, if you weren't, I don't know why I did. Because I want to talk about it anyway. Um, Mother three. Let's see where this takes us. Mother three. Have you guys heard about all this controversy about the rumors of Mother three? So I've heard the rumors, but I didn't hear about the controversy. All right, so here's what happened. Mother. First, let's talk about what the actual rumor is. So for the tenth anniversary of Mother three's release in Japan, which is the Game Boy Advance Earthbound game, Lucas. Uh, Lucas's game. For the 10th anniversary, the rumor is that Nintendo's going to release it on Virtual Console in the West, fully translated for the first time, which is cool. Fans have wanted it forever. Nintendo's very hesitant about Earthbound. They eventually caved and did Earthbound Beginnings, which is uh, Mother 1, and now they're apparently going to do Earthbound 2 or Mother 3. Um, so that's cool. The controversy comes in from where this came from, which is what's ridiculous. Basically... It was a rumor started by Emily Rogers on Twitter. She's at Nintendo. She has Formerly connections. Formerly known at... as Coraline. Last I saw her, she was... Emily Rogers. Um, Last you saw her was before she deleted her Twitter account, in part because of what happened when she revealed oh, not this. That she, was, she was Coraline on Twitter, and then she became Frankie yeah. from Foster's Home. I don't know. Oh, oh you mean the icon. Yeah, yeah I'm talking yeah, about the yeah. icon. Well, here's what happened, and like, it's so... Okay, so... Like a Nintendo person? What? Her? Yeah. No, she is. A, she has connections at NOA that work on the eShop and other digital initiatives, and she knows things. Uh, uh, last she's a episode, reporter? no, she's just a fan that knows things. But her bang average is pretty good. So last, <laughs> no, like she's gotten everything she's <laughs> set. What is with you guys? <laughs> You're so slick, no. fitting him in there. My analogies, my phrases, my whatever you call them. Sure. Anyway. Her okay, fine. Her, her. I'm gonna say it again. Her batting average is pretty good. No, but um, the fact that my schedule. I'm glad. I'm glad. I bring you guys so much joy. Um, but yeah, like she last episode, we were talking about that she and a couple other people are saying Paper Mario is coming to Wii U. And what's interesting is she used to only do hints. She'd be like, "Oh, there's something cool coming to the eShop in like a month." If you and then like give a vague cryptic thing. Now she's just like, "Hey, Paper Mario is coming to Wii U this year. Mm-hmm. It's almost done. Like brand new game." Or, like, now she's saying, hey, oh, she, knows she has connections. And it's probably true. She usually is right. But what got interesting is, so, exactly, that's what happened here. So she said something like, before I sign, like, she was already kind of alluding that she won't be on Twitter as much. She's like, before I sign off, I just want to say, keep in mind, there's one franchise that's turning 10 this year. And Nintendo's going to celebrate it. And then, like, an hour later, she posted. That's kind of safe. No, it was. Until an hour later, she posted a smiley face and a picture of Mother 3 artwork. Oh. And that's like. Okay, so that happened, and that's a week after she revealed Paper Mario was in the final stages of development and coming this year to Wii U, like brand new game. So it's like, all right, you're starting to spill the beans kind of blatantly, um, <laughs> which got her sources Stop. in trouble. Apparently, 
from what I've heard secondhand through Neo Gaff and other channels where people know things. Uh, NOA, the NOA employee who to- told her these things got reprimanded at work. Mm, and the go. problem, see, and the problem was, and that's fair. The the guy broke an NDA. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It sucks. I feel bad for the guy. He probably didn't expect Emily Rogers just to be like, hey, so mother three, you guys. But it happened. And then um, the problem was when she said that before the NOA news came out, other people who knew, because, you know, people have sources. People know people. Other people who knew are like, oh, well, I guess if she's saying it, I'll say, yeah, it's happening. Or like, oh, oh or like people are like, oh, I didn't know we were allowed to talk about that. Or like weird, like people from Starman.net and stuff. Like weird people are in the know. Not weird people, but people are in the know <laughs> weirdly started coming out of the woodwork. And then the the reason we're bringing this up now is it was confirmed by Eurogamer, which is a legitimate publication. And they're just like... Yeah, so Emily Rogers reported this and some other people reported this. Oh, and by the way, we too have confirmed this. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, so it's happening. Surprise ruined, whatever. It's not that big of a surprise. It was hinted at E3 for like two years. You know, they had the robot chicken one where someone asked Reggie uh, about Mother 3 and he just throws a fireball at him. Last year they said Earthbound beginning might not be the end of Earthbound. Like, they've been teasing it for a while, so it was bound to happen. But the fact that she ruined the surprise appeared to upset a lot of people and it devolved into a full-on insult war that led her to instead of just leaving twitter actually delete her twitter and that's the sticking point like mother 3 is a video game it is earthbound i understand there's a cult (laughs) following but like why are people like freaking out at her so i get your surprises like did emily rogers reveal too much sure i think the the tweets that directly spilled the like Ruin the secret surprise. Uh, ruin the surprise may I mean, have been a problem and weren't necessary. She yeah, could just left that it. In her reveal, a surprise in itself. Yeah, but it, like that's not how Nintendo wanted it to be announced. Yeah, they wanted to do it like Earthbound beginnings. Where I assume where it'd be like, "Hey, Mother Three's out like, right oh, now," crap. right? And that's how it was with Paper Mario. It led to good speculation. We talked about it on the show last episode. Like it was cool, and like I said, it has been hinted. So it's not like it's totally out of left field. But. I could get why some people would be like, you're ruining your spoiler alert, Emily. This was going to be Nintendo's surprise. You ruined it. I get that. But listen, like, this is more to the internet now. But, like, listen, guys. (laughs) Like, she she likes to share her Nintendo passion with other people. That's all this really was. Really, it's not much different than what we're doing on this podcast. Or, like, when you as as a fan, not no, but, like... She maybe took it a step too far, but to call her, they were calling her, like, all sorts of names, like <laughs> the C word, which we're not going to say, and, like, other things. You you seem to look confused about what word I'm referring to. Would you like me to type it on my computer? No, no, no. Okay, yeah, like, like the C word, like, all sorts of stuff. And they were just, like, bashing her. It's just like, guys, she's just excited about a Nintendo thing and wants to share her excitement. She might have overstepped a little. Granted, she should not have gotten in any way employee in trouble. Like, you don't need to start, like, devolving to personal mm. insults over something you're both into. It's one, like, it's worse than the fanboy words. Because at least with the fanboy words, it's like, oh, Xbox sucks. You suck because you like Xbox. This one's very, like, we both love Earthbound, but I hate that you knew the thing about Earthbound and told me the thing about Earthbound before I found out the thing about Earthbound from the people that were supposed to tell me about Earthbound. So I'm going to insult you. And it's just like, relax. Mm. Like, I ain't got so much trouble. I don't know. Yeah, and I again, I think <laughs> that was a mistake on her part. Like, you got to be careful of what you leak. I mean, for example, we have known things and kind of alluded to them on the show before, but we've what? never outright... We have, yeah. They're... Hey, yes. What? I don't want to reference them. I don't want to get anyone in trouble. <laughs> no, there have been instances... <laughs> All right, we'll say one that's pretty safe. No, I'm not going to say it. Never mind. I don't, I don't even know. Later, no, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll take it. I don't want to, like... 
I don't want to put anyone in hot water, which is specifically what I think Emily <laughs> Rogers did wrong. But my point is, like, I we I we've talked to people at Nintendo stuff and heard things like back when the when when we went to the Wii U preview event, we were hearing. I was talked to rep and heard some things that maybe I wasn't supposed to know. In front of that Nintendo fan. No, no. I mean, well, all right. Here's a go. Here's a safe one. Here's a safe one. At Comic Con, when I we tried the Wii U before it came out at Comic Con, we got on the exclusive thing. We talked about it on the show, and I was chatting with a Nintendo rep who was showing me Lego City Undercover. Oh, it doesn't matter now because it's so many years removed. But I was talking with the Nintendo rep, the and over the course of the conversation, it became very apparent that she's talking about games that were not yet announced for the Wii U. <laughs> so they, I'm not Nintendo third party, but she was rattling off a bunch of games. Um, I think I think Madden was one. I don't even know if that ended up being released. But she was talking about a handful of them, just like in like just like yeah. And then there's gonna be Madden. Da, 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 da. I'm like what? And then like on the podcast, I kind of alluded to like I think a lot of the big third party games that you would normally see at launch will be there, even though they're not announced yet. Namely, like EA Sports might have some or something like that. Like that, I kind of weaved it in. That's how you do. It. Like I'm not trying to find new things, but that's how you do it. Like you don't just outright go Mother Three. <laughs> so like I get why people were annoyed at Emily Rogers, but at the same time, it's just like. It's just, I don't know, it's just, like, you don't need to harass people over it. It's video games, guys. It's for fun. And, like, yeah, I'm the not... internet, no one knows you're a dog. I know, and that's that's the problem. Is like, it, it, this can spiral <laughs> very... Wait, what did you say? No one knows you're a dog? Well, I mean, like, there's <laughs> what? a picture of the dog typing on the internet. Oh, right, Like, yeah. no one knows you're a dog on the internet. That's so right. Yeah, and, that, and that's a bigger issue that I'm not going to get into on this, but there is that whole anonymous culture on the web, and harassment's the norm when it really shouldn't be, and this, that, and the next thing... So situations like this are really more common than they should be, et cetera, et cetera. But this one just struck a chord with me because it's like we've been in that situation. I don't think if we were just trying to allude to something to fans, I, again, I think she went a little far with the illusion, but if we were just trying to be like, guys, we're super excited. like, Or like in the case of we, guys, it has good third-party support. Just wait, Madden's coming. Like a big franchise like Madden might be coming. We're not trying <laughs> to like do you harm. Like you don't need to like attack people for it. Just be like, oh, okay. Or ignore it. Like, so be it. <laughs> so I, I don't know. And I'm not trying to, like, say, oh, she needs protection in any sort of way. Because it's true for anyone, anywhere, in any situation. It's just, like, you don't need to attack over something you both like. I don't know. that. It's weird that the, the biggest takeaway I got from the Mother 3 debate over the last couple of days was, like, this. And not the fact that the game's coming, which is cool. But, um, yeah, that just kind of stuck with me. as like, this is stupid. Because I deal with this all the time because I work on forums, like, for day job. So I see this sort of thing all the time. It's just like it always rubs me the wrong way. So now that's like Nintendo related, I'm using it as my <laughs> soapbox to vent about. So that's Now that. it's personal. Yeah, but um, you know, know what? Well, I'm already ranting. I got one more. My number nine. My number nine. <laughs> so uh, this, <laughs> I think my number nine might very well be the worst kick gaming Kickstarter at this point. Like a quick recap. The game was delayed. It had a weird second funding thing to add features and make an anime. It got delayed again to add a multiplayer online mode that was not in the original spec of the game. It then got a publisher. The publisher then decided to make special editions that people who did the Kickstarter, like the backers, could not actually get unless they went to a store and bought a second copy. So the backers got a little screwed out of the situation there. And now, two weeks before release, it was delayed a third time. It's like this weird twisted comedy at this point where like every time you're like, oh, it's finally done. It's finally coming out. We can finally just end this and just play the game. Like, no, 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 no. We had this other thing we didn't want. We didn't tell you we were going to do that we're now doing. And it's delaying what you tried to buy into. So um, in a statement on Concepts Blog, which is the developer game, the creator, Kiji, uh, Inafune, Kiji Inafune, said that 
There are severe matchmaking bugs in the online mode, which are holding it back, and now they're aiming for a spring release instead of September uh, 14th or whatever day it was. Or September, or not September, wow. Yeah, February February 9th, there it was, September 14th. Where, where'd that come from? But this, by the way, is the same Inafune who said the game was not going to be delayed again back in October after it was last delayed. And has already been talking about sequel ideas while he was sitting there knowing that this game probably isn't going to ship when they said because it has matchmaking bugs. So according to him, what actually went wrong... New Kickstarter? I hope not. If they try and do a third one, oh my god. But yeah, so what actually went wrong apparently is they bit off more than they could chew. He admitted they had too many platforms coming to, which means there's too many platforms that need to be bug tested on. And then the engine they used to build the game on, because it's been in development for so long because they keep adding crap to it. It's freaking... The engine they're building it on... All over. Basic, but this one actually, this one's real. I've played this. This is a real physical <laughs> thing you can play. I well, have. I, mean, came I out, once ex- that it was event, like, it took like it was a decade. How do you call it? Outcasted? No. Shovelware. Oh. Outsourced. Outsourced. Yeah. There you go. Well, Duke Nukem's Duke Nukem Forever is weird because it it kept getting stopped and started. So there were years where it just yeah. the code just sat there, and then Borderlands developer Gearbox was just like, just give us what you got. We'll put something together, and then like, they made it. Gearbox, like when they're not making Borderlands, is making weird vaporware <laughs> games into reality. But um, but yeah, in this case, it is constantly in development. They just keep adding things no one requested or no one really talked about. Mm. They're like, this seems fun. Let's do this. And then holding back the game for these extra features to patching them in later, which is in and of itself the problem. Wait, so what is this? Um, I don't know what it is, but I saw footage of um, Mighty Number no. Nine Hero running around in a third-person camera. Oh no! Oh no! Wait, it, it, it was like CG. they tried. It, 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 was like, to... it was like all CG. There was like some NPCs, but you couldn't really talk to them. Were... The show. You can just like you could just like in, like bump into them and they would just bounce around. It was like full three. They model. did try to pitch a Mega like, Man Legends style sequel, yeah, something like or like a spiritual. Well, su- kinda... The way that my number nine is a spiritual successor, <laughs> Mega Man. They tried to do a Mega Man Legends spiritual successor, but surprise, Before surprise, surprise, <laughs> surprise. Oh, that's right. It's had fire or something. Red Ash. Yeah, red ass. But surprise, surprise, because this thing isn't delivered yet, that Kickstarter failed miserably. (laughs) Yeah. Like, he, like, but but what I was going to say is, like, the game's been taking so long, I was going to say a few minutes ago, that the engine they built it on is no longer supported. So whenever (laughs) they need to make game bug, like, address bugs or change code, they have to manually go into the code, into the engine, and find the exact line. They can't, like, use a program to do it, like Unity or anything. So that's now slowing them down even more. Basically, they didn't time manage correctly, and I think this is really a good demonstration of how not to do your Kickstarter. Is like, show still going to air? Oh, I have no idea, and quite frankly, I don't care. I just wanted, <laughs> all I wanted, all I wanted was a game. You funded this, yeah? I did for fifteen dollars. It was like, it's the fastest funded Kickstarter game. It was like at one of the time. happiest like Kickstarter stories when it. First it was. Started. It looked awesome, and by the way, it still looks nothing like the concept art, which looked amazing, and this looks like decent, but. But I, I am proud to say I have played this unicorn. <laughs> it is a real thing. It exists. It is fun. But all I wanted out of it was a game where you like run left to right, you shoot stuff, you maybe climb a ladder, and then you go and fight these different bosses that give you different powers, and then you do it all over again. And what I played at Comic-Con did that. And everything else has caused this game to not be shipped last spring as it was supposed to be and be all the way to now and now into this spring, if not beyond are things that I didn't even want or care about. I don't know who wanted or who cared about. They just somehow got online multiplayer. Oh. Right? Exactly. They just somehow (laughs) got inserted in there, and now instead of just releasing single player and then patching in online, like Splatoon style, where it's rolled out later, there's like, nope, gotta hold up the entire game. So I don't even know if I buy 100%, but 
this is what's going on there but i think there's bigger bugs i think something's wrong with single player and they're just not saying it <laughs> but but like because why don't they just split it who cares like just release two. i get for physical release you can't do that but for digital just release it and then do an update i it's not hard just do a two-tier launch i don't know or do something for the backers i don't know but the point is concept kind of ruined their reputation here which is unfortunate yeah, it um, was a ukulele so ukulele they're doing it right in that they didn't bite off more than they could chew. They're not adding new modes, <laughs> and they're hiring people that have experience doing what they're doing to help. I'm not saying the concept developers don't have experience, but what I am saying is the ukulele team, they're literally bringing over all these rare veterans, mm-hmm. as in the developer, not, like, uncommon, um, one by the, one, the and adding stuff. How to do. Exactly. I guess when we're talking about Kickstarter, I guess um, I just got a message that Shantae is also almost done with their alpha or something like that. You know, part of the problem with Kickstarter, honestly, and we wouldn't notice at the time, is, man, games take forever to develop, especially when they're, like, crowdfunded and not big teams. Yeah, like, Kickstarter in general is kind of weird. I don't know. Yeah. I, I kind of... It's true. It's because, like, when games are being made, they're always, like, hush-hush. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, we're going we're gonna to make this game. And you have to no, wait. It takes forever. Like, and you just know it. Yes, no, one day. It may, and, and, it may and, uh, come down the and pipe. The, and the Shantae developer, like, Matt Bozon, and then they were like, they told her, like, we know we announced this game when you were a kid and now you're a full-grown man and <laughs> all that stuff. But, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, same thing with, like, kind of the stretch goals. Like, um, I don't know. This kind of goes for... I just saw the video game ones that I've seen, like, My Number 9 and Shantae. Like, almost all of them always list pretty much all the stretch goals that they possibly could reach or may not yeah. even reach. And... In a way, that's kind of cool. They're like, oh, cool, we might potentially have, like, all these crazy things. Like, oh, a boss rush mode? Oh, a mode where you get to control the bosses? And I don't know what. But then, like, they say, like, it doesn't reach them. And now it just feels like, oh, all these things that I'm just not going to have. Well, you're not supposed to anticipate having them. Like, no. now that I think about it, I think online multiplayer for my number no, nine no, was a stretch goal. But you got to do it the Shovel Knight method. If you're going to have stretch goals, make them post-release DLC. That's free to backers and costs money oh, yeah, to regular jets. I mean, isn't that what you said earlier that um, Shovel Knight was essentially doing that? They yep. essentially added in their stretch goals later. And, yeah, yeah, and it worked perfectly. And then, surprise, they also managed to get Amiibo made, and then they added new modes they didn't even tell you they were going to add. That's how you do yes. it. Shovel Knight is the best example of how to do a Kickstarter. My number nine is the worst example of how to do a <laughs> Kickstarter, which is unfortunate because my number nine as a game is actually pretty fun. Like, from my one experience with it. So, I I, I mean, it's it's weird because Concept still seems to be getting work. Like, they're doing that game with Microsoft and Armature, the guys, the former Metroid Prime developers who are now making a ReCore for Xbox One. That oh, kind of, it's no like idea. you control this robot and you're this girl. Anyway, it's from the Metroid Prime, people at Left Retro Studios. So, I guess Concept's still getting work in that regard. But they're never going to be able to do a Kickstarter again. This is, like, their reputation's out the window. <laughs> this is literally, like... Some sort of weird twist, twisted sick comedy at this point, but but yeah, you're right that like it Kickstarter, you're in it for a long haul, and then you get yeah. things that you think you're get. There's things at you think you're gonna games. get that you don't, and vice versa. At least for video games, though. I mean, I just that simulator um... is the worst way to do a Kickstarter. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. There's that one too. <laughs> the strippers and the and the alcohol. Yeah. No, well, like um, like I just funded a Kickstarter for a Ninja Turtle tabletop game, and that one, like tabletop games, like sometimes they don't take as long to make, and. If IDW, who's making that Kickstarter record is to go by, they usually always they, they always ship it by the time they say they're going to ship it. And this one, they just started it a few days ago, and it's going to ship this July. Right. So it they pretty much said like that the game is pretty much done. They're just using the Kickstarter to add a lot more stuff to it to try to improve it. Yeah. So it's kind of. But that's how you do it. Yeah. That's so the way to do it. 
And, I mean, right now, like, I mean, I funded the, the more high-end one, and I don't know, like, if it's, the price for it is slightly justified yet. I feel like it still needs a little more, which apparently it's going to happen on Monday. But overall, like, it, it seems kind of cool. And they're doing something different with the stretch goal. Like, they actually don't even tell you any of the stretch goals until the most recent one is reached. So, That's smart. So, so you don't overpromise. Yeah, so it's like, like, oh, like, right now, like... And it keeps it a mystery, so, like, they're let's thinking, fund it. They're thinking at yeah. IBW. So, like, the last one was just, like, oh, now you're going to get colored dice for each turtle, and then, like, mm-hmm. we just reached that one, and now, like, the next one's revealed, like, oh, you're going to upgrade the villains to even more stronger villains, right. and the next one's just a question mark. Right, right. So it's like, I just want to know what the other one is already. <laughs> like, getting figures and stuff. See, and that cards. keeps you in the hype cycle. It's the same way. This oh, could yeah. be the weirdest comparison. It's the same way Kanye's been doing his album. <laughs> no, no, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. So he changed. No, no, no. Hear me out. By constantly leaving a sense of, like, what's happening next, you have to, you keep checking and keep getting... Like, he's changed the I album name three. all the time. I've been checking Kanye stuff all the time. Like, <laughs> you guys know I'm a huge Kanye fan. And he's been... Really? Yeah, and he's been he changed the album name three times. Every day for a while, he's posting a photo right <laughs> of a notepad with the track list and who is on the album. Like oh, they yeah. would sign it, and every day he would just post an update or change the album name. Or now it has no name. He doesn't know what the name is. And he's like, mm-hmm. you'll have to keep checking back. Like it's a really smart way to like constantly keep yourself at the forefront of your fans' right. minds. So for IDW, com- it's great. Yeah, and the comment section is like always like, like oh man, I want like hope uh, Bebop and Rocksteady become one. Yeah, like we're five thousand away from the next one. Yeah, so that's how you do a Kickstarter. Yep. Take Kanye the Kanye concerts? approach. What? How many Kanye concerts? Have I been to? Yeah. Uh, I have been to four. That's a lot. One of the first time I saw Kanye was at Call of Duty Expo that they did yeah. one year only called Call of Duty XP. Are you counting that one? Yeah, he did a full show. He did his full Coachella oh. set. It was two and a half hours long. He brought out Kid Cudi, Dude. and I was second row because I was like, I played Call of Duty for a while. I'm like, it was only a hundred dollars too. That was the best part. So I got to play Call of Duty two months before it came out. And get like a bunch of free stuff. And then I just walked over to the stage, which also was where they did like the tournament. And I was just like, I'll just yeah, hang out. The real deal. Yeah, I was just like, I'll hang out here for an extra hour while everyone else is still playing Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be second row for Kanye. Mm-hmm. And it was it was great. He did like, a, yeah, it was super cool. The other shows have been good too, but that one was like the pinnacle. But anyway, we're on a happier vibe now. So let's end it that. Let's end strong with the news, at least. Um, Detective Pikachu. Seemingly out of nowhere. Uh, right after our last episode, the Pokemon Company and Nintendo finally lifted the curtain on Detective Pikachu, which is, if you recall from a few years ago, they put out a single screenshot of a very stretched and weird and slightly nightmarish Pikachu. And like, yeah, I'll grab this really, like, animated Pikachu. Very, He's going to show a lot of emotion. Just so you wait. This 3 game will be great. Well, he's out now, and he talks. It's funny how, like, it was a like, radio silence, and then, like, bam, it's an actual game. Yeah, like, and it's out it's in out. a week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so, yeah, it's in the like, time since our last episode, they announced it and released it in Japan. Like, I, if people on, um, like, I, I heard, like, Game Explain talking about it, and, um, some other people on, on Go Nintendo just, um, referring, yeah. like, like, oh, what do you think Pokemon's gonna do for the 20th anniversary? And everyone's like, oh, yeah, that Pikachu Detective game, that thing is dead. Yeah, and like, then out of nowhere, it's not only is it dead, but it's back, <laughs> and it has really good production values. Not only is it dead? Or not only is it not dead, oh. but it's alive, and it has really good production values, and Pikachu talks in a weirdly deep, baritone voice. He wears a cool little Sherlock <clears> Holmes <throat> hat. He, I just love his character, because he, um... Apparently he just says Pika in a very... Yeah, it turns out it's not, not exactly voice. what we thought. Oh, um, he what? He, he doesn't, doesn't actually talk, so he's not meowth. No, but no, not. No. He doesn't talk English. No, no. He, he still says Pika Pika, but in he, deep he, voice. Yeah, he says it in that yeah, gruff voice. So he's like, <laughs> Pika Pika. Pika. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty, if anything, it's funnier. Yeah, so, it is. It is so, funnier. So, so essentially, he's just a regular Pikachu with a gruff voice. No, no, no. There's more. He's not a regular Pikachu. 
He's not as fast as a normal Pikachu. He can't move as quickly. Like, literally, that's oh. one of his character traits. He, um, <laughs> he's very short, he as you can see. He loves coffee, and he gets weak around attractive women. So that petition to get Danny DeVito to voice him is spot on <laughs> in every way. I really, Did you know that petition? So no, for, yeah, yeah, no yeah, I was going to say it has over 44,000 signatures as oh of this recording. God. Yeah, there's no way to get Danny DeVito to do it because his... Sun, his character on It's Always Sunny is way too not Nintendo friendly, <laughs> and he as a person is way too not Nintendo friendly. But oh my god, it's the perfect he fit. So in Hercules, yeah, but now he's skewed yeah, into yeah, yeah no, but he would be such an amazing fit. But um, yeah, because I remember um when it was first announced, he would have to be doing thing Pika though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I wonder if we could like splice together like some syllables he says into Pika, but um. It's like because time said P and and, and Ka something, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's funny because uh, I guess it's not true anymore. But when the game was first announced, Tiny Cartridge, that that blog that focuses on handheld well, games, no, well, well, they tweeted a picture of Meowth in a trench coat crying from the Pokemon TV show from the cartoon. It's just like when you're that poke. I can't remember the exact word in his face. But like when you're a Pokemon that already talks and already solves mysteries, and you're still passed oh, over for yeah. Pikachu. <laughs> and then they did a follow-up tweet like five minutes later of just him like crying, like full-on bawling, also in a trench coat. When does he solve? Apparently, in one episode he's wearing a trench coat, so they kind of adapted. Oh, it for yeah. the same episode where he's yeah. talking to his ex-girlfriend. Right, yeah, 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 but he's in the freaking air vents. Yeah, but yeah. So the the personality and the trailer is really funny too, because it's like he's like kissing someone in the shadows, and like Pikachu is. It's very weird. But uh, <laughs> no, they, well, essentially, like, so he doesn't talk how we assume. Well, yeah, he, yeah, he only says Pika. We no, know. no, well, you didn't let me finish. Sorry. So, um, <laughs> so you play as this character named Tim. Or, sad so, or some other, and he, um, and this kid for whatever reason, he's like the only human that can understand Pikachu. So Pikachu, so it's like a reverse meow. So so there is so there is a full voice acting. That? So there's full voice acting for the Pikachu, but it's only when talking to the kid. To everyone else, it's just a Pikachu. Oh, so he does talk. Okay, but, no, that's like he does talk, but okay. like I wasn't like. So Danny DeVito could. No, no, yeah, no, yeah. That's <laughs> like all, all, all I was saying is that um. Like well, we, when just from the trailer, because obviously it's in Japanese, and yeah. just from what we saw, yeah, yeah. it made it seem like that the Pikachu could just like meow, like talk like meow. Right. But it turns out it's, it's only to ten. Yeah, it's only to ten. And everyone is apparently always going, "Whoa, who are you talking to? Why are you so weird?" Have you seen gameplay like the intro and stuff? I've seen some. Oh, I man, did a little. Intro, like, like, the intro oh. I haven't seen the intro, but yeah, it shows like the Pikachu like super happy getting to a car. It's like the most adorable face you could do. Yeah, and, and then, then like, like his owner put like a little hat on him and it's, like, oh, the, the Sherlock hat. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, all happy, and then I don't know where you're driving, and then Pikachu's eyes. I think you yeah, see like a, the car, like you see the rails of a of a cliff of a cliff, just like <laughs> what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's like the car drives off the cliff, and then like okay, this confirms something <laughs> I suspected as soon as they showed the first trailer. This is the most adult-oriented Pokemon game that will ever exist. Because we've had weird ones like Pokemon Dash, which like scribble the screen really fast to make them run. We've had like Pokemon Shuffle, where it's like it's like puzzles but with giant Pokemon faces. Yay! But this one's like there's death, yeah, and like, like they had that screenshot flowing around of his Ambipom. Yeah, in with, the, the, with the blood on oh, it. But it's not blood. blood. It's yeah. ketchup. Yeah. <laughs> but like, there's so many. Yeah, there's so many that. weird little like adult <laughs> things, or like Pikachu being like, attracted to tall women. Like, there's just so many weird. Yeah, little... like, that intro got dark days, fast. Man. Yeah, so it's just like the yeah. game looks fun though. Yeah, like I mean, I haven't seen like too much of it, but I mean, just like from the gist of it, it looks like a combination of um, it's a training investigation. Mm-hmm. If you haven't played that one, it's. You run around a little crime scene. You just talk to people. You look for clues. Every time, every person you talk to, every Pokemon you talk to, add them to your journals. And you have like, you, you have a journal. Everything, everything is kept track on your touchscreen. But I guess like what this game does that I 
I haven't really seen any other games, but it's also not like revolutionary. Yeah. Like, it's just um, they they kind of incorporate like the objectives into puzzles. Hmm. So like for example, like the ambipom thing. Um, an ambipom stole a necklace, and then they got they, covered in ketchup. And um, there were like two ambipoms, and then one of them like grabs a, I guess a hot dog full of ketchup, and then that's how his tail got red, and then another ambipom got paint all over his tail. And then there were like just pretty much three paint all over the place, and you have to chase them down. And then like after like talking to a few people, you get some clues, and they're like, all right, one ambipom went to the north, and one went right. to the east. And then they show you like a little map on the touchscreen, you're like, all right, drag the red um, ambipom paw print to the street where the red ambipom went, and grab the, and grab, drag the it's White that popcorn. simple. It's like it's like. Where are they like? Are they almost like quick time events that occur once you figure out where they? Like you wouldn't be able to solve it if you didn't have the clues and the conversations. But once you do, it's, it's just like, like once duh. Trigger, yeah, it's like once you trigger, the, you have to trigger the. So it's just a way to solve the crime, basically. Yeah. Uh, well, it, yeah, well, okay. Yeah, it's like getting you to point A to point B, and there right. are because I know that like there's an investigation phase, and there are and there are quick time events like when yeah. the guy like was chasing the Ambi Palm. It's like like oh the Ambi threw the hot dog at you like oh press A right at this time like God of War that is and then you dodge it <laughs> right and then, right. In Pikachu's mouth, because yeah, what I saw, I mean, I didn't really look into it at all, but what I saw is like basically you're kind of like investigating areas, and then like Pikachu, there's like a touchscreen magnifying glass where Pikachu will be like, Hey, press me and I'll show you something, and then you like talk to people, and I guess you combine no, those to very... get the answers to those puzzles you're talking yeah, about. It's definitely, it's definitely very dialogue, dialogue so it's like Phoenix Wright, kind of, or investigations, I guess. Yeah, it's more said. like it's attorney investigation, yeah, than anything. It looks uh, fun. I'm gonna be honest. Like it looks really it looks fun. fun. It yeah. looks really fresh for Pokemon. Oh yeah, and I guess like um the the presentation is just really cool. It's very unique. Just because I mean you never really see a world like even like by Pokemon standards like that kind of detail. Even though the yeah. characters are pretty cartoony, like I don't know, it's just cool seeing like cinematics like that in a Pokemon game. If it means to even call it a Pokemon game. Right, but. right. It's Pokemon in name only. I feel like. Yeah, but. I know, it's just cool. Like, just, like, seeing the character run around the city and there's, like, Pokemon everywhere. It's just, like, mm-hmm. oh, it feels like the most realistic Pokemon game. You know? Which goes hand-in-hand hand quite nicely with their Super Bowl ad, which also feels like Pokemon in the real world. But um, I will say, we'll get to that in a sec, but I will say Detective Pikachu, I'm really excited for this one. I hope it comes out soon. Like, it looks so fresh gets, for Pokemon. I mean, has it even gotten a formal announcement? Not in the U.S., no. I have not heard Not anything. in the U.S., no. But it, uh, and in Japan, it's episodic, apparently. Like, when the game ends, it ends with To Be Continued. Oh. So... Well, I mean, which makes sense if it's that's why it's an eShop download yeah. only, probably. Well, I mean, like every Ace Attorney game is broken up into episodes. Yeah. They could have been like all DLC, and they actually they did for the last. Ace yeah, Attorney, in, they the, added, in the West at least. Yeah. yeah, they added another chapter, but I mean. But yeah, it sounds like it sounds like there's gonna be more to come, and yeah, I'm excited for it to come to the states. I'm for yeah, sure. I mean, I'm like, for sure. I mean, I mean, I want to know what's up with that Pikachu backstory. Like, what happened? Yeah, like, why? I, I mean, can't believe I mean, they showed a car I mean, I mean, did crash. Owner... Yeah, it's funny because he was so happy and so cute. And then so I mean, did his owner bitter die at the like, world. Devoted his life to crime solving. Cause... I wonder if he's not Cause drinking he... coffee. I wonder if it's whiskey. Because <laughs> <laughs> his owner was definitely a detective. Like they showed, like like oh he's like in the lab. He's like spending time with them, doing all this like cool stuff. And right. then, right. bam, that's intense for a kid friendly game. But yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. But I did mention the Super Bowl ad, which we're going to talk about real briefly. Because this episode, for those who don't listen day it goes up live, we are posting this episode the same day as the Super Bowl, which means the ad just aired on television, or it's about to air on television, depending on... Super Bowl has to compete with us. I know. Boy, they they are losing big time, I'm sure. But yes, the future. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so the ad actually came out the day after our last episode. Three weeks early. It was the first ad of the Super Bowl to be released. 
It got 13 million views last I checked. And it was covered by all sorts of media that you wouldn't expect. Like Rolling Stone had an article, Washington Post had an article. Like it's a big deal. And for those who haven't seen it, in a nutshell, it's basically a Gatorade ad, but with a Pokemon fake out at the end. So like, or you could think of it as like a Nike commercial through the lens of a Pokemon world. So like, it kind of, yeah, like just go watch it. We have it at the blog on the blog posters episode, which is episode one seventeen. But um, essentially, it's like all these things with all these motivational like kids in different situations like i can i can do that like i could be good at chess i could be i could run a marathon i can um it's not even just kids it's everyone just like i can do that it's like i'd be good at chess i can be good at marathons football and then pokemon battles and it ends with a generation bridging father and son sitting on a couch watching a pokemon battle on tv and a real i think that pikachu is awesome i want that pikachu but, um, yeah, they're in their house with a Pikachu, and then the dad says to the son, you can do that. And then it fades to black, flashes the Pokemon logo, and there you go. It's very, like, yeah, you can do anything that you set your mind to. Just believe in yourself. It's like all those overly cliche sports ads, but it's Pokemon. And you don't know it's Pokemon till the very end of the ad, which is really clever. Because you're watching it, you're just like, oh, it's a Gatorade ad. And it's like, wait, why is there a Charizard and a Gyarados? And a, what, well, who was the other Pokemon in there? Lucario. Mega Lucario. And... Magneton. Magneton. That was the one that I was like, why was that one there? But, but <laughs> like, that, it's not even that. It's not even that popular of a Pokemon. One really liked you. Yeah, like, why, how'd you sneak in? But I did really like like all the little Easter eggs they had for us fans throughout. Like they have the flame right. badge on the football helmets. They have the Pokemon lyric. The um, uh, to be the very best. Yeah, as like a thing that they slap on the way to the football field <laughs> on the door frame. Some more clear ones are the Learn to Surf HMO3 flyer on uh, under a TV. And then on the TV, on the ticker, it's like showing some kid running, like training for a marathon now on the ticker. I don't even know how people saw this, but if you zoom in close enough, it's actually like block uh, blockade at Route 12, use alternate route. Route 12 is where Snorlax was mm-hmm. in red and blue. It's like there's all these really cool little things for true Pokemon fans. But at the same time, the ad does a really good job of just being like, hey, remember Pokemon? Look, you're an adult now. You're kicking me into it, too. Everyone loves Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... And I did see one... Never liked that commercial. You didn't like it? No, not really. I thought it was clever just because, like, if you don't know Pokemon's still a thing, but everyone knows of Pokemon now, so if you're watching it, it's like, okay, what... Because uh, keep in mind, people <laughs> watch the Super Bowl for commercials as much as the game now. So you're just watching, like, oh, okay, yeah. what is this for? This is very, like, emotion-driven, whatever. And that's just like... Pokemon, you're like, wait, what? What? <laughs> it's still a thing. It's still relevant. What? And then you'll go to the website and learn more. But no, seriously, that's that's the that's the idea. Because like a common complaint, I must was, learn more. well, no, a common complaint online was a lot of people were like, they're not promoting anything. It's just Pokemon. Like everyone knows Pokemon's around. Like I need to go online and see what they're trying to sell me. Well, the idea is it will. Re- I read into this because I don't know much about this sort of advertising thing, but I read into this and um, like, like because we talked about on the show that oh, Pokemon Go would be perfect. Like, you just flash a Pokemon Go logo at the end. But if you do that, you're not mentioning the other things you're doing, and if you do the other things, you're eventually cluttering up the ad. Because what Super Bowl ads try and do, and you see it with Ford, you see it with Budweiser, you see it with every brand, is it's less about a product and more about a brand and some sort. of like emotional connection. I sound like such like buzzwordy right now, <laughs> but seriously, like you remember the ads, not because of what they're selling you, but because of what the ads are. So you remember, you know, a lot of people remember that ad with the Budweiser horses, the, because they like, they took the puppy home or whatever. Like oh, the, yeah. Right. But, mm-hmm. and you'll be like, Oh yeah, the Budweiser ad, but they were like, check out new Budweiser, like, um, 
now with new bottle design or something, that ad would be meaningless. You remember because mm-hmm. of that weird emotional thing they did, and they just happy to slap their name on it. So you remember Pokemon? I remember like, the puppy, but I wouldn't have not remembered it was Budweiser. Okay. Well, <laughs> well no, the, most people would because they had the Clydesdales, which are their signature horses. Like that's oh, their yeah. mascot. Um, I did not even know that was their mascot. It, it has been for like years. Or like Ford last year had an ad mm-hmm. where they had all these people crying around a car. And end up being their new Ford GT, which isn't out yet still. <laughs> but but people are like, whoa, Ford made a cool car. Like they never even said. I don't even think they said Ford GT in the ad. There's like Ford at the end. Like there's a lot of or like Doritos does the ones where it's like, yeah, they're eating Doritos, but it's not really. They're not showing you here's 20 different types of Doritos. Just a funny moment that has a Dorito chip somewhere in it. Like it's you're trying to connect on some level that's just like, hey, we have this brand and you'll it'll stick with you. So like that's why. I can't remember who it was that the Clint Eastwood ad. So it's not... Oh, it was Chrysler. Uh, no. Yeah, was Chrysler had this whole ad about Clint Eastwood narrating about how great America is. And it's this really moving thing and during a lot of the emotion and everything. And then it was just like Chrysler made in Detroit or something. And, that, mm. and then everyone's like, the Chrysler ad was really good. And they didn't show a... I think they showed half a car. Like, they just showed it panned by. Like, it's all about, like, resonating with... Because you can't cram everything in one commercial. So it's all about just resonating in a way that people remember. So this one... The Pokemon one, I feel, kind of works because it has the motivational thing that parents be like, oh, that's a good message for my kid. And it's well <laughs> shot, but more to the point, and it totally plays off the cliches of every Gatorade, Nike, Adidas ad ever. But more to the point, there's then this... Like yeah, but, but I there's see also... Why it's a good commercial. Yeah, there's also the nostalgia. Because even if you don't care about Pokemon, you're be like, did you see that Pokemon ad? Like, what was that? Like, mm-hmm. you will, it'll stick with you. And then if people are like, oh, I remember Pokemon... Just flashing the logo with the URL is enough to get people talk interested. Because even if you don't go to the URL, you're talking about Pokemon. People at your Super Bowl party are all going to be like, unless they know about it, and 13 million people do. But if they don't, they're going to be like, wait, what? Did you see that? Was that Pokemon current? That was for Pokemon? Like the kid Pokemon? And then they start talking about it, and then eventually someone looks it up. And and by not sticking logos in it besides the anniversary logo, they're not cluttering up the ad. Because the last thing you want is you have 30 seconds, and all you're doing is like, train cards, video games. Smartphone app, da, 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 da. and it's just like that was just a lot of random information, and no real like thing that's memorable. So that's why, in general, Super Bowl ads tend to be brand based and not product based, and that's why, in the long run, it makes sense that Pokemon was that. Now, I, to be clear, I didn't come up with that analysis. Really, I read like I was like, "What is all that?" Like, I, you know, it was interesting to me. So I just poked around about like Super Bowl ads in general, and those were kind of the touchstones, and then I li- lined them up with what Pokemon did, and it made sense, but. Yeah, so that that's my thought on the Pokemon. I I think it's cool. I when I first watched, I'm like, that's it. But then oh, like I the more the Pikachu looked in the living room. I liked the Pikachu. It I thought the Pikachu good. looked way way better than the CG of the other Pokemon. The other Pokemon looked like up-res, like Wii U game graphics. But like the Pikachu had like fur and stuff. He looked real. Oh, I mean, he just looked. Uh, I don't know. I liked him. I know a lot of people thought he was Nightmare Fuel, but I liked him. <laughs> Maybe I like Nightmares. I don't know. What did you think of the ad? You haven't said anything. I oh, thought it was boring. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I mean, I don't it know. Was, it was. It, like, it, yeah, if you're going in expecting, like, a, as a Pokemon fan, because, like, it was like, a little honestly, like, I, I don't, I don't really care for those kind of commercials. Like, right. I don't know. I don't feel like I need like, that motivation. I'm like, oh, you can do it. So, like, when I, so when it started, it was like, like okay, like, people, people. Oh, the Nitto King. That was another Easter egg. People. Oh, look, Pokemon, oh, it's over. Right. Yeah, I think as us, as, like, the diehard fans, it was kind of like, that's it. Like, Pokemon were it for five seconds. Yeah, because, I mean, I don't know, it almost feels like it wasn't for us, because, like, we're, yeah, like, we're the diehard, well... We don't need to be advertised to. We're the Pokemon fans. Yeah, this is going... Yeah, I don't know about about diehard anymore. But, yeah, this is going out to the 300, 400 million people that 
might not necessarily be as up. I mean, I will buy like if, if they depend on what they were there. I mean, like I bought, I went out and bought a Mew thing. That's cool though. Tight. No, 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 that's like like I mean like we, like they don't have to worry about like selling stuff to us because like we don't need that. Yeah, it's for everyone else. Yeah, like it's and to at least let people know, hey, Pokemon's back in a big way. Yeah, which I think it succeeds at, and then like literally two weeks later. There's the anniversary stuff with Pokemon Day, and then from yeah, there, yeah, I mean, it's I must have gotten like three texts from people that like I wouldn't really consider that people, talked about the ad. Yeah, they're normally like, do you have Pokemon that like they were like, oh, did you see this Pokemon commercial? And I'm all like, oh yeah, yeah. it blew <laughs> up in my office because everyone's like, we we're at the age, and even people that are older than us are at the age where they have kids now, they have their own families now, but they grew up with Pokemon, so like the uh, the parents in the room would be like oh my god that was the thing i was into as a kid that's crazy and then the kid would be like what is this or like oh i love pokemon so it's like oh, it works yeah. on two levels let me show you no, yeah, like whenever <laughs> yeah. like something like my pokemon let me show you that <laughs> yeah, whenever something like that happens you definitely get a lot of people talking yeah it's so different. it's it's gonna be i mean the fact that it was in the like it made the washington post website and the rolling stone website it's just like they never cover stuff like this i mean like, that's I, mean, I mean not on the same scale but um like it just kind of reminded me of it um like in the most recent recent iteration of the Ninja Turtle comics, uh-huh. um, they killed off Donatello. And you laugh when I tie things to Kanye. You just tied everything back to Ninja Turtles yeah, yeah, twice yeah, this yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. At least I diversified with Coldplay keep, and Kanye. I'm keeping it in the fictional realm. All right. Um, I think Kanye thinks he... I, the world Kanye thinks he lives in is a fictional one as well. <laughs> well, point is, um, I guess like that, like... That, that was covered by, like, a few people like, oh, like, a Ninja Turtle died. Like, that's a big deal because there's always four. Mm-hmm. And I must have gotten, like, like four or five messages from different people. Like, like, oh, man, did you hear about this? Like, of course I heard about this. Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm not going to tell them that. But, yeah. <laughs> like, right, so you had to be like, no way, like, five different times. No, I, 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 <laughs> let me tell you how he's died in the previous ones. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's not the first time he's died. But, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, 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 around, yeah. I'm expecting a Pokemon not, 20s for sure going to be trending like, on Super Bowl um, like, like I know they turn because they're excited, like, like, oh, like I know he's a Ninja Turtle fan or a Pokemon fan or whatever. That, like, I'm sure he'll enjoy this, but it's, it's also, it's also like I'm pretty sure like they know about. Like, if I heard, of, like, if they heard about it, they should have seen that. It's it's more <laughs> of them being like, I want to share that. I oh, I I know this thing my friends into. I want to share that I'm aware of it too, type of thing. That's cool though. Yeah, like I guarantee Pokemon. Tr- I guarantee when you listen to this podcast, we're listening I, on I, Super I, Bowl I Sunday. Pokemon, Pokemon Twenty things. is trending right now. No, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be big. It's, it's gonna, gonna be cool. Well, actually, spread out that far like that. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be nuts. Um, and that brings us to the end of the news. That that brings us to the end of the news and to you, Elvis, because you are the one that played Mario and Luigi Paper Jam from start to finish by by already by this episode. So you move fast. You move fast. That post college like life, fifty plus hours fast. That's pretty fast. So tell us about it. What do you think? How does well, it compare to the ye olden ones? I'll let you know. Any yeah. minute now. <laughs> just, just take your Taking sweet, sweet my, time. Taking out my Jason notes. I've inspired him. <laughs> now everyone, now everyone's taking notes. Everyone has notes to work off of. First of all, <laughs> oh, okay. You see, at least I'm not reading. <laughs> but, but no, seriously, like, go for it. All right, so it's gonna be like a book report. I can already tell. <laughs> it's gonna be really hard not to. The read. game I played is Mario and Luigi Paper Jam. By Nintendo. Right. So, ahead. first of all, the game was... Uh, <laughs> the Can't game was read great. And I, and I could say that since I already beat it. <laughs> yeah, that's something I... Uh, yeah. And yep. it took me around... Uh, I mean, the last time I took was around 50-something hours, but that's including, like, grinding, I guess. And even then, because I grinded a lot, or not that much, but from when I reached the end, or at least the last boss from the other Mario Luigi games, I usually reached their last rank. Whew. And then this time, I was like... 
two ranks behind, and I reached the last boss. So I don't know what that says about the game, but easier. Uh, I, oh, it was pay? weird because I still I still did game overs, but oh. it almost oh. sounded like they addressed the Luigi game is too long thing a little too. Oh uh, yeah, because yeah. I mean like you, I saw your time and it was like eighty something hours, so like they shaved thirty hours off of that one. Well, this and one also turned much... got turned around a lot faster. Like the other one came out only two years ago, and I feel like before that there was like a four year gap, right? I don't remember. I don't remember the time. The Maybe thing. not. I might be wrong. There, I mean, also like at one point, I would think like, oh, this game's getting a little easy, but then the boss would like destroy me sometimes. Right. right. I guess I wouldn't. It wouldn't just get destroyed, but it'd be hard. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So the game starts off with a little toad in the attic of, I guess, Peach's castle, uh-huh. and there's a draft. He's looking for the draft. And then Luigi comes in. We're like, I've been military draft. Like what? No, there's <laughs> Is he like, hiding the from the draft? In from the hole. <laughs> So Luigi comes and helps him, and then out of clumsiness, he bumps into a bookshelf. Oh, Luigi. That, that, Luigi that Luigi. Luigi. And evidently a book falls, which is the biggest book in that shelf, too. <laughs> and like, oh, we're wonder which book is important. And um, until when that falls, the book spreads open. And <laughs> Let me guess. I can't do this sentence. Let me so the book... <laughs> <laughs> But I'll just say the book spreads open and releases... <laughs> it releases Paper Mario. Yeah, it releases Paper... The, bir- the book gives birth to Paper Mario. It, it releases all the Paper <laughs> universes. Beings. Yeah, yeah, I guess the Beings, not really the universe so much. Is this the first... On, oh, I guess the other Paper Marios have confirmed they take place in books. Yeah, never mind. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah it, Thousand it, Year Doors uh, literally opens yeah, in yeah, 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 you're right. I guess Thousand Year Doors would be a different No, I just forgot <laughs> for a minute. 3D, uh, Super Paper Mario does not do that. So I guess like, there's <laughs> that for you. <laughs> I'm, just I'm just sharing my knowledge. So along with enemies, there's like little bits and pieces of the cardboard worlds, but it's uh-huh. mostly just Mario and Luigi world. And, and then uh, uh, it's funny because you see like the paper Bowser interacting with normal Bowser and and uh, Kamek interacting with little Kamek. I mean, real Kamek, and they never get they never get along. How how long how long does it take until you're like okay enough with the like hey you're me but I'm me do they do a lot of that dialogue I feel like all the promotional stuff they put out for it is all, every character like but I'm Mario but I'm Mario but I'm Bowser but I'm Bowser like, do they, do they wind like, that down pretty Mario quick doesn't talk. Mario doesn't talk that's a bad that's example. true for one thing it was, was Kamek and Bowser that I saw yeah and then even when Kamek and Bowser, or when Bowser and Paperbots interact they immediately like hate each other and start fighting oh okay and then Kamek. And Paper Kamek, their little gimmick is like, oh, like, even though they look exactly the same, like, oh, you're uglier, but, so that's their little jokes. And, um, I forgot what I was going to say about Kamek and stuff. Oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, me neither. And, uh, they have, like, cool little Easter eggs, also for, like, Luigi. Well, I guess not really an Easter egg, because it's still part of the game. There's a lot of Luigi jokes, always in Luigi's expense. Yeah. And there's always, there's, like, like a throwback to Luigi of the Year. He had his oh, there year, is? Because he was, like, scared, and he was trying to... Uh, the little pink, I mean, the little golden ball, I forgot his name, Pix... Oh, Starly? No, Star, it was just Star something, but the... Starly. I'm not sure, but I'm not gonna... The little golden ball. No, yeah. That guy, yeah. That's the started in Bowser's story. Cheer up Luigi's like, oh, you even got your own year. <laughs> How meta. <laughs> but yeah, the... I guess the fighting... I mean, I guess the, the first thing... That you notice when you start playing mm-hmm. is from Dream Team. Uh, the camera is a little more top aerial. 
mm. aerial view, so it covers a little bit of Mario's face through his hat. But in this game, it's more uh, frontal. Side view. No, it's like so, uh, you see more. Oh, Mario. you see like also oh, they lower the angle more. Yeah, they lower the oh, angle. Oh, gotcha. Is that to accommodate Paper Mario? I guess because it'd be weird if he's like oh, top so, down yeah. and he's flat. Like you see like nothing. Yeah, and then like <laughs> the art design is pretty much the same. And right. Uh, when you turn, I guess there's more frames. I guess you could say because there's more angles since it's technically like drawn. Oh right, right. There's more angles for Mario when you turn, so it looks just like it just looks nicer. Right, right. And then that's a uh, nice plus. Paper Mario just I guess you can't really make Paper Mario look nicer. It just looks <laughs> like a flat paper. Yeah, add some shadows to that paper. <laughs> the fighting's the same. Uh, oh, for the most part, for Paper Mario, he has. I haven't really figured out his health because he has. You start off with and yet six you beat the game. papers. <laughs> you stayed up, there's like a block where you hit with Paper Mario. Yeah. And there's like uh, six Paper Mario stacked amongst each other. Like copies? Yeah, six copies. And um, so whenever you get hit, you lose copies. Mm-hmm. And you could waste a turn getting those hitting the block and getting those copies back. So you could either attack or get a copy back. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't have, or if you have a full set of copies, you just do more damage. But when you get hit, you lose copies, and then you start losing health when you're, like, back down to one. So it sounds like a shield? Sort of. That's what I took off from it, because sometimes I would get hit, but I, I wouldn't lose any health. I will right. just lose, I guess, power, since they represent your powerful attacks. But it's pretty cool. Like, the more Marios you have, <coughs> uh, your hammer spreads out to hit every single enemy, mm-hmm. since there's, like, multiple paper Marios. So they spread out evenly, or when you, or when you jump. Uh, you just jump for the amount of paper marios you have. So you would jump like six or eight times, depending on how far you go in the game. You have more paper marios. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and so then, it's similar to yeah, it's similar to how they've done it in the. The only thing that what are right different now. is that they took out the badge mechanic. Right. So how it worked in Dream Team or all the <laughs> other games, where whenever you do an excellent move with Mario or Luigi, their badges would come closer to each other and then. By the time, and then when they connect, you get a new l- little power. So it's like a freebie for doing good. Basically. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And now you have these cards. You have like a set of ten cards that you could buy or collect, or you could buy it in Toad shops, or collect them randomly. But uh, it's you make a deck out of ten cards, which could mm-hmm. like power you up, or just damage enemies, or damage paper enemies specifically, or give you more points to use the cards. So, yeah, it's, it's, at, f- at first I thought, like, getting rid of the badge gimmick was a bad idea and going with the cards. Right. Because then it'd be too easy. Like, oh, I'll just use the card to power up and then use the other card to lower the defenses and I'll just kill them really easily. Mm-hmm. But then I guess the way they limited it was you have, I guess, something called star power, which you have a max of 20. And each card costs a certain amount of star power to oh, it's use. it's like energy in the Pokemon yeah, card game. or like mana in Hearthstone. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, I can't even, it's relatable to both of us now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do it for you. <laughs> it's very accommodating of you, thank you. So, and then you only get a certain amount of uh, star power when you do excellent, so, or when you do excellent attacks. Uh-huh. So it takes a while to reload. So I, it wasn't as game-breaking well, as really it got. It then. Yeah, you can't That's really cool. abuse it. Yeah, because I remember Cause when they announced that, I thought it looked very game-breaking, but I guess, yeah. I guess yeah. it was all Because if, if you use a lot of cards at the same time, I mean, you're just going to waste it all. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, now I have to wait a couple turns until... Because yeah, the trailer may seem like, like, oh, tap the enemy when you instantly get the effect or something like that. Well, that's the amiibo stuff, which oh. I guess is in transition. Because oh. each... Um, <laughs> I guess what's... The amiibo are also integrated in that form, as in the cards, where uh, 
each, I guess, all the Mario Universe Amiibo work, except Wario, because he's not even in the game. I guess anyone who's in the game works. Right. And each Amiibo has their own set of cards, specific Amiibo cards. If I'm not mistaken, I think you can scan anyone in, but I don't know if they get you a full card or just, like, a thing. Well, it's, uh, like, it's a Mario. Oh, okay. I scan Mario. Um, Oh, first of all, you need to collect level these like these blank level one cards or level two cards and mm-hmm. once you have one of those you can like oh register an amiibo so i could let's say mario i'm gonna register him and make a card for mario in the in-game card system and but mario has very specific cards that only he has right and uh for every for every card you could make i guess it would go into the amiibo Oh, it saves oh, on Yeah, it saves into Amiibo. Yeah, gotcha. And then you can only use them once per battle. So... So you need, do you need to scan the, the Amiibo every... Every battle. battle. Yeah, it's oh, a little that's tedious. A bit, that's tedious. And you're right, it is only Mario characters. Which is why I guess you have them like, all right here. Yeah, because I used uh, one, two, three, four, five. Five different Amiibo. So once it starts from each type up, of Amiibo, too. Yeah, I used the giant Willy World Amiibo. Oh, well, that's why that's saying there. 20th okay. anniversary one, the Pixel yeah. one. Dr. Mario and Toad. Dr. Mario. And Dude, Skylander. Normal Mario's not good enough. Dr. Mario. <laughs> and Skylander Bowser. And Skylander Bowser. <laughs> You're diversifying. <laughs> well, because the other ones are used up for Smash Brothers. Right, right. Oh, that's smart then to do that. And the data doesn't. You have to delete the data for one. But, um... But... Oh, what was I gonna... Amiibo, Amiibo. Talk about how they work. Oh, yeah. Right. So, yeah, they're, they're all unique. But, um, you can only use one per battle. So, even though you can have, like... I think you have... I mean, you can have a like a, a lot of cards in the Mario mm-hmm. Amiibo but you can only use one card that's smart or else you can so you can have like it. 20 cards inside your Mario Amiibo right but you can but, use one at a time yeah you can only, you, so you can have to pick one that's really smart or else you could just oh, basically overpower every yeah enemy. it would be ridiculous yeah and um so yeah like the Yoshi one has his own cards he would quadruple the lucky effect uh-huh. Mario could like heal or damage enemies and then a random it only happened once for me but when I was scanning the Yoshi amiibo you were able to like oh now's your chance to make a double card like scan another amiibo to make a double card oh interesting so I was like that was uh, the first time I saw it. like what the heck that's weird that you can't normally trigger that it seems yeah yeah it's completely random like, yeah I would like I'm pretty sure people beat it without never knowing about that <laughs> yeah yeah and then I guess another big thing that changed was when you level up mm-hmm. in the other games you would previously be able to uh, there was a, a Lakitu? Lakitu? Lakitu. Lakitu. It was a fish line where you could uh, give uh, an extra stat, an extra boost, but now they don't do that. You mm. just rank up normally. Oh, right. Oh, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you just be like, pick a stat, it's like, oh, three yeah, bonus no, points. It's yeah, like a, a, lot of RPG, a lot of RPGs do stuff like that, yeah. So they took that out? Yeah, they took it out, and but the only time you could do that now is sort of when you rank up, like, after 10 levels, you rank up to the next rank, like, mm-hmm. star to show or something, or right. show to star. But, uh, that, that's been in the, all the games. So, they just literally just took something out. I guess there's a streamlining in. move. I don't know why else they would do that. Yeah, I don't know me either. Because I felt like those, when you did that, you could, like, personalize, personalize your character a little bit right. more. Like, well, I'm only going to give Luigi mustache. Right. I'm only going to give Mario. Yeah, it definitely seems like a streamlining thing in that case. Like, Fewer variables have to develop for. We have to yeah. cut something. Yeah. And then uh, another big part of the game, I guess they made Toadette a big part of the game. 
she was in charge of all the paper crafts for all the paper craft battles. I guess that's also a big thing in the game. Those are the are those the I guess 3D ones giant where you like battles. roll around and press A and yeah. Um, there's I think there's four or five paper craft battles in total. Yeah, that's it. Or six. They hyped those things like they were gonna be all over the game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're even I guess space it's, out, uh, Yeah, I guess it's even space. It's like out. one every hour. Game <laughs> for <laughs> six hours. Oh wait a minute, it's one every ten hours. Yeah, that just just seems weird <laughs> considering how much they promoted that as a feature. Well, you don't want to. Like, I guess you don't want to overdo it. Yeah, and I'm sure you could so, play them whenever you want. So how does so. actually how does work? Uh, each well, since each battle you encounter, you use a different papercraft. Each has its own little gimmick. But I guess Mario for the for the first papercraft you do, there is no gimmick. Uh-huh. But uh, you fight off like little papercraft enemies. So you fight like papercraft Goombas, papercraft um, cactus, or whatever they're called. Are they called cactus? The cactus dudes. Yeah. Spinies. Spinies. Pokies. Pokies. Yeah. Uh, essentially, all you have to do is wait until. Spinies are the shell dudes. You're right. Pokies. You have two buttons, which is charge and jump, and a toad meter, which is your power. So I essentially have to do is just wait until an enemy charges at you, you dodge it, charge at their back, so they mm-hmm. fall off their platform, and then jump on them and they explode. Hmm. And then the boss fight is pretty much the same thing, where you just wait until they charge, then you turn around, hit their back, <laughs> and right. hit them until they explode. There's, it's just a more active so it's battle. Pretty, it's, it's pretty simple. Yeah. But, um, I mean, there's for all the Mario games, there's always... Uh, there's like the arcade version where you could redo everything, like all the boss battles, right, to try right. to S rank everything. The papercraft try to get S ranks on those; those are really hard. <laughs> but I guess they like balance it. Well, anyway. that's why there's only six. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense now. In the in-game more story mode, they're like I guess they're like whatever. They're like super easy. Yeah. But I guess if you want to S rank and 100% everything, that's gonna be a, a challenge. And um, that's for that. You also have, I guess. Paper toads are a big part of the game as well. You have to, um, I guess, throughout the game, collect them. And how they do that is they have in Lakitu? Yep, you got it. Lakitu centers. <laughs> where they essentially have side quests where you just talk to a Lakitu and there's like a list of little games you could do. And evidently each game is around saving toads. Sometimes they'll be like falling from the sky and you have to catch them before they fall. Oh, or, so like mini games? Yeah, yeah, they're essentially. They're, oh, okay. They're mini games essentially. Interesting. Just to diversify things yeah, a bit. Hey, yeah, which is cool too because it wasn't. Um, I guess the one they used the most was hide and go seek, but at the, even at, even then it was like, like four versions of the hide and go seek ones, but they kept changing it up. Uh, how you have to rescue the toads? Like sometimes there'd be a bunch of enemies, but some only some of them are carrying the paper toads. Are these all controlled, like, standard, or is it... Because I feel like every time there's, like, a Mario minigame on a 3DS or GS, it's always, like, touchscreen controlled, randomly. These are all just standard buttons? Yeah, so, like, it's how you would play the story mode. Okay, gotcha. So, yeah, and, um... I think that's pretty much it. Other than the last boss, uh, I mean, obviously I'm not going to say anything about it. Yeah. But the art direction... I'll just say that much that they changed. They went a different direction with the art, and it was it was it's kind of cool. But origami, no. But uh, you know, it was different. But I I, I would have preferred that they stayed to what they normally do. Hmm. That's that's as far as I'll say. That's that. cryptic. That's good. That's <laughs> nice and nice and cryptic. 
But it, it does, they do make good, they do ha, do a good job of making Bowser look really cool, as they always do. Like in Dreamy Bowser, the other game. Right. Dream Team. You've never saw that, though. I know of it. <laughs> but yeah. I know spoilers from many games, thanks in part to you guys. Spoilers? I don't, can I even call them spoilers? The end boss of a game is a spoiler. Anyway, you were saying, <laughs> sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. Other than that, after all that, I would definitely recommend the game to anyone interested in the series or have been a part of the series. So is it different enough that, like, it's Oh, that's out? right. The biggest thing that I liked about it was, <laughs> um, compared to Dream Team, they toned down the tutorials. Oh, good. Oh, Honestly, God. I hate they, that in Dream Team. Dream Team, the beginning of... Oh, God. That was so bad. <laughs> so many tutorials. That is really good to um, hear. I'm actually, like, playing through... I'm trying to get through it right now. I'm, like, 60 hours in right now, and I'm still getting, like, bombarded with tutorials, and it's just, like, like oh, my God. It's it's it. overbearing. It's just too much. Yeah. I mean, so I'm glad really they fixed bad. that. I still really yeah. enjoyed the game, but... They definitely, like, listen. It... Yeah, that's that's. So good. where would you rank it in your little... Hierarchy. Modern Luigi? Because it's essentially just a Modern Luigi game, right? Uh, it's Modern Luigi with, like, aspects of Paper Mario tossed in, it sounds like. Oh, no. I mean, would you, like, put What's it your all-time Modern Luigi? I mean... Let's bombard him with questions. <laughs> I kind of feel like I like the I mean, I was because I like su- like Superstar Saga. Well, the original is the best. Well, in many situations. I mean, Blech. I always like the original because it always had the, the secret. The main villain it was it three. was the least streamlined. But he was like introduced this... in part one. Yeah, introduced versus like. Yeah, they they overdid him in part three. In part one, he's like the perfect know, amount of fawfulness. Sorry, you're saying. I didn't think that was. Oh uh, no, I was saying that the the first one had the least streamlined stuff, That's like true. the hidden, um, or the thing, the the brother attacks that they never. Oh the yeah, secret the, yeah, the secret brother attacks. They never yeah. really told you how to do it. They like, had to figure it out. They were advanced. Like the word "advanced" would come out when you do. Oh, Game Boy Advance. I don't know. Oh. I don't know. Oh. More you know. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, they were advanced. Moves. Definitely on the top for ends. Dream team. What is Dream Team your lowest ranked? Oh, I don't know. I like them all, but I guess Dream I Team mean, would be okay because of the tutorials. Yeah. So this is like the this 3DS is where they got the most Luigi. original because they introduced so many like just yeah. they were just they just went crazy with the character design and, and even the like many many Luigi's everywhere for all yeah. sorts of stuff. And then like, like after that, they kind of like shied away from creating new stuff. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the shrooms were kind of new, but they were still like not yeah. that different. Yeah. Hey, yeah, I guess they played it safe in this one. But I, I mean, I did like the whole baby thing. The bosses and stuff. Partners in time. That one was cool. Yeah, they had cool bosses. They, they recommend cool bosses this one. Too, like paper bosses. And not paper bosses. No, I was watching you play. Paper every... PD. That was pretty cool. Fighting <laughs> like normal PD and paper PD. Side by side. No, it was separate bosses. Oh, gotcha. But they're pretty different. So I was like, whoa. Gotcha. Uh, just like some of the little details like I saw. Like you're fighting some like ninja looking people that threw paper versions of themselves as ninja stars. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, that's clever. That's yeah, really clever. Crazy. So they had fun with it. It sounds like the game has a good sense of humor between the writing and stuff like yeah, that. It, it, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of good funny jokes in there. At least it sounds like it didn't go the sticker star route where it was like, oh, Paper Mario, I'm about to play another Paper Mario game, and then it was like way different. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. yeah. It's still a Mario Luigi game for sure. That's cool. That's Worst cool. surprise. I'm still debating whether to open the Papercraft stuff that came for GameStop. Came, oh yeah, came, you guys got little like cutouts, so you like can actual build. little paper yeah. crafts of the things. But I'll probably open it. Yeah, why not? But yeah, my that game gets a two thumbs up. 
Thumb you say as you literally only hold one thumb in the air. There we go. <laughs> okay. Uh, so on that note, then, uh, now that you got both your thumbs up, I think we're going to call it for this episode of the Roundtown Podcast. What about my Baldur's awesome number three? That's right. I always forget this. So, I guess they're not again, for those who... For those who don't know um, Jose's or uh, Angel's oh, plan here. So, <clears throat> for the, every episode of this year, I'm going to name a unique reason why I think Bowser is awesome. And I wasn't going to give away, like, like, oh, because he has sh- um, sharp horns. Because he's. These are the real reasons. Real yeah. deep rooted, meaningful oh, man, once he reasons. This game, he'll definitely have another reason. Oh. <laughs> For well, my, sure. my first, uh, and just like a quick recap, mini first reason was his, his overall design, second reason was his, um, oh, the, his boss battles. Yep. And so what's then, number three? So third reason, it kind of ties in a little with number two, but, um, a lot Cheating. of my, my no, <laughs> some of my favorite video game music of all time are from the boss mm-hmm. battles with Bowser and the music, the instrumentals and stuff from, especially the galaxy themes against them are just so good. I just love them so much. And then also the... The boss, like, pretty much his boss battle music. Like I always feel, it always like, gets me pumped when I fight Bowser. It's almost like, probably why I always, it's half the reason why I look forward to fighting Bowser. Just like the music. So it's not just like how creative they get with the gameplay, which was reason number two. It's just what you hear when you're fighting them, which I think is really really awesome. Like the Galaxy music in Smash Brothers, I always switch it to just the Bowser battle music, just because it just gets me so hyped. I just love it so much. So it's a I'm simple s- reason, but... It's a good reason. Yeah, I'm secretly like. hoping your next reason will be, like, oh, the graphics. Like, the graphics are good, and then after that, <laughs> be like, the button inputs. They're so solid. <laughs> and they just keep doing, like, variants on the same thing. But yeah. no, the music one's legit. Bowser battles always have really, like, intense good music. No, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, that, the Galaxy one, like, the whole, like, um, the choir <laughs> chanting and everything. Yeah. Like, they just went all out. It, it's crazy. You know, 64 is the reason I ever wanted to learn how to play an organ. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, That's awesome. From the first, like, yeah. But... Um, I I, already, I I listed all the ones I could off the top of my head. I mean, like, now because, it's gonna get No, 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 no. Like, I have I have like maybe six like really good ones that I know. like backlogged. Yeah, and then after that, it's like, hmm, it's gonna get interesting. Wow, funny because like this battle, the final the battle for this Bowser also has a really nice, has a really nice song. Mm, to hear that one. And like Bowser says, story that one's like way up yeah, there. Yeah, lower. <laughs> <laughs> the score. Um, the score is the overarching. I believe the score is the overarching soundtrack. Uh, yeah. The theme oh, or the like song. More of a movie the track. The track. Track. The boss track. The boss track. More organ playing. No, but. And with that, okay, that's it for this episode of the podcast. Um, thanks for sticking around, everyone. It was a this was a long one. Uh, <laughs> anyway, you can as always, uh, as all what? Okay, as always, uh, be sure to follow, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. I'll my toad impression uh, in my own voice. <laughs> but yeah, you can follow us on Twitter um, at Ram Nintendo. It, uh, actually, I should say, you can follow us on Twitter if you don't abandon Twitter after they ruin their timelines next this coming week. Uh, basically, they're, they're probably killing chron- uh, chronological timelines, which is a very, very sad thing. But yeah, so follow us on Twitter at Ram Nintendo. Um, our next episode will be back on February 21st. We're going to have uh, whatever news comes out of the Q&A from the investor meeting with uh, Nintendo's top brass given that uh it hasn't been translated yet as of this episode so we'll have that if there's any news we're going to talk in i believe january npd sales numbers will be out plus all the latest game news impressions of what we're playing etc 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 so yeah f- uh, like i said subscribe on itunes follow us on twitter you can also follow us individually on twitter to hear what we think about games not games 
everything in between. I am JSR7. Angel is Wero, W-E-R-R-O underscore O. Elvis is Drake Redcrest, exactly how it sounds. Those two handles for Angel and Elvis are also their Meverse handles. You can find me at Jason R. Feel free to friend and follow any of us. And with that, Don't bother with my Wii one. What? <laughs> I said you don't have to bother with the Wii U when I never... Oh, that's true. No, but it's 3DS as well. Oh, it's it's Miiverse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they do right. have to bother with it. And I'm glad we squeezed that in <laughs> right before he hit stop. And we'll see you guys in two weeks. Bye.